Material Components Episode 43 To the Bulwark or Bust Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. How you doing? Hey. Do I might. Two uh, thousands. How topical. are you? Very topical. All right, let's do this thing. Uh, hi. I am. Oh yeah. Whoa. Orders. Wow. Oh, I'm in a good mood now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Olivia. I am Tears of Cloak Bearer, Child of the Outer Storm. I'm Elliot, and I am playing uh, Cherish Iron Strike, the Tiefling Sorcerer. I'm Michael, and I'm playing Sid Emberlight, Half Elf Rogue. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Grawl, the Hobgoblin Warlock. Indeed. And I would like to begin this session the same way I begin most other sessions, which is by asking all of you, if you remember, what happened last time? Yeah, we fought a bunch of mimics and automatons, and it was terrible. (laughs) Y'all did great. great. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. We did pretty good. We did good. It was kind of clutch. It was kind of clutch there for a minute, but yeah. um, I decided to just explode <laughs> myself. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The one you did time. turn into a mammoth at one point. Briefly, oh, it was pretty cool. Briefly for like two was kind of cool. Seconds. Yeah. If you end up deciphering that spell book that you found, you're going to realize just how clutch it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Yeah, no. I, I could do that for all us spellcasters. No, you uh-huh. can't. You can't decipher it. You'll just eat it. I mean, <laughs> no, I won't eat it. Considering, <laughs> considering that the mage automaton was carrying a legendary item, I would not be surprised that that spellbook was ridiculous. Om nom 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 nom. Yeah. <laughs> just let me read it first. Because, yes, you did indeed spend most of last session fighting some kind of strange golem mage. Uh, a feat thought impossible on this world, at least. Yeah. This strange arcane construct capable of casting spells did indeed have a small army of animated objects, mimics, and a quite formidable shield guardian at its disposal. Mm-hmm. He's our friend now. Yeah. <laughs> shield guardian has allegiance to whoever holds the amulet. Mm-hmm. Which is me, so he's Which my is... friend. <laughs> yeah. I want to call him Thugless. No. <laughs> I don't <laughs> believe me... we decided on a name for the we shield. Did, we didn't. Yet. We didn't. I'm, I'm putting. Th- I'm putting. I'm putting Thugless in the pot. I'm okay. immediately vetoing Thugless. Okay. <laughs> That's only one veto. I've still got other people on my side. Uh, I'm going to veto that actually. <laughs> no. You were my clutch. Yes. I needed that. <laughs> and unfortunately, Reed, we are not going for acquisitions incorporated rules, so you do not get two votes. Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) But yes, having Uh, dispatched much of the forces brought against you by the strange golem mage, you emerged victorious. Without the help of the mayor, for the most part, actually. Yeah, Yeah. he got sucked on into a little 
flask and he was missing in action for a little bit there. Yeah, there was a, a, a bit of a panicked moment when you weren't quite sure what precisely had happened to the mayor. But thankfully, Ooh. he had just gotten trapped in a bottle. Like you do. Like you Have do. a sip of mayor. <laughs> I, I am... So sorry, but it would have been so funny if we had killed this automaton mage and not been able to get the mayor back and just been like, well, I guess He's Blue Gulch doesn't have a mayor anymore. We're going to have to hold more elections. Oh, <laughs> bummer. Womp womp. But thankfully, Sid's instinct to sniff the uh, contents of any flask he comes into contact with. Uh, Gotta follow your nose. <laughs> How'd I get that boy into therapy? Um. <laughs> Produce the mayor post-haste. Uh-huh. After that conflict, you set about your third day of travel in the wastelands between Blue Gulch and the Bulwark of Bone. Upon which you made contact with the old mage yet again. Yeah. Using Sid's newfound powers as one of the Rift Keepers, uh, you have almost immediate access to the old mage whenever you damn well please. Mm-hmm. Though her timetable is maybe a little bit more structured than your own, so yeah, yeah, she can say no. Like, like we're not like trapping her into conversations. That would be very rude. Correct. Mm-hmm. But after passing under some large scorpion men that seemed to be dormant in the midday sun, you eventually found your way to a small grove of very large cacti. And there you decided to make camp so that you could contact more directly with the old mage. Mm-hmm. It was then you had your second, or maybe third, of a series of powwows <laughs> with the old mage in which you just keep finding more stuff that she doesn't know. It's yeah. just hard to keep trust. So much happens to us in a very yeah. short period of time. Nobody's heard of any of this stuff, which is <laughs> buck wild, but sure. <laughs> well, the old mage, at the very least, has not whole heard of any of this stuff. There yeah. are plenty of other knowledgeable folk you have yet to consult on the matter. Honestly, Elliot, you should just have Cherish be like magic photocopying your journal and just sending to it to her at any opportunity just like here catch up on all of this <laughs> yeah honestly if i yeah if i could find a way to figure out a way to do that i would well Ugh. and then of course she would have to read through all of the pages with just jet's name with big hearts around it and right, flowers yeah. drawn in the side marks i wouldn't <laughs> photocopy those ones mm-hmm. those are for me right <laughs> She especially doesn't need to read all the ones about Jet where I'm writing like it's a my teenage diary. Oh my. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should talk to him. Or... I'm so upset. I, don't... I feel like I'm drowning. <laughs> oh. But yes, while talking with the old mage, she successfully identified at least one of the magical items that the golem mage had in their possession. That specifically being the iron flask that trapped the old uh, the mayor. Yeah. Yeah. She also figured out that the weird bracelet that was in the Golem Mage's possession was, in fact, a spell book of some kind, though an incredibly unique one, because it seems to be some kind of holographic spell book that projects up from the bracelet. You know, like you do. Yeah. It's real weird. It's all in the mm-hmm. cloud. 
And it was within that strange, semi-transparent book that you found an updated version of the Wanted poster for one Cherish Iron Strike. Definitely updated those. Yeah, it turns out there's uh, maybe some new archdevils uh, gunning for you. Yeah, well, maybe they shouldn't step. (laughs) So do we know which archdevils specifically want Cherish at this point? We know Asmodeus, or at least Cherish is almost 100% sure based on, like, the sigil. But, Uh I mean... We don't know. Well, we know the name Levistus, but I'm not sure if we if we can connect those dots. Mm-hmm. And actually, or... I would say it wouldn't take that much of a leap, considering how much research Cherish did into like yeah, Hell's stuff. Yeah, I don't think she would say the name out loud. And I, I was gonna say, caution like... everyone else to not do it as well. Like, hey, that name that we found on that weird rock that girls sort ate and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it's a weird sentence to say, devil. isn't it? Yeah, it's a weird sentence to say out loud. Yeah, when you but say so it out loud, yeah. D and D. D and D. So yes, when last we left our heroes, they had come to an abrupt point in their conversation with the old mage, having revealed to her that Cherish is in fact a wanted person, and her immediate reaction was, "Oh shit! Oh shit!" You need to go as fast as possible and get to safety. My gods, you're in danger. It's very comforting. Mm. Yeah, it's like, what else is new? <laughs> yes, and Cherish's witty response was, I've got so much shit on my head, if I stop for one second, I'm going to freak the F out. <laughs> yeah. Which is it's not so much witty as it is what I, Elliot, would probably say in real life, and maybe have said in real life. So that is where we find you now. We can skip forward a little bit, unless you had more you wish to talk to the old mage about. Her time is valuable, uh, and she will have to depart in uh, maybe like a half hour's time, though you're still a few hours out from the ritual she has to conduct. You get the sense that she has to like prepare herself for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think we're good. Yeah, I'm yeah. good. If everyone else yeah. is good, we should, I think we should just we. So we set up camp. Are we this? We're good for the night, or are we? Was this just a break, and we're gonna head out again? What time is it? It is six thirty in the evening, according to your pocket okay. watch. Yes, maybe closer to six forty, actually. Mm-hmm. As uh, you are, what is it? You are breaking essentially. Uh, just mm-hmm. to talk to the old mage. Um, right. You could keep going. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. Uh, just p- keep pressing on until evening. Uh, there isn't much daylight left. You're in the month of Ember now, which is the last month of winter. So you maybe mm-hmm. have mm, an hour's worth of daylight left. Okay. Well, we should... Does it feel like we have pretty good cover here, like amongst the the cacti or the cactus? You have about as much cover as you can get in an open wasteland without like actively huddling beneath the mesas upon which you saw those big, horrible scorpion men. Yeah, 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 that's more. That's mostly what I'm worried about. 
There are those. Because um, scorpions are nocturnal, so I'm assuming scorpion men are also nocturnal. They did seem to be very sleepy during the day. Maybe yeah. they're friendly. They're <laughs> hey Sid. He said, yeah. shut up. <laughs> Take that idea and nope it. A full noping. Okay. Just say it. Mm-hmm. Don't knock until you try it. <laughs> so. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, we should probably use as much daylight to keep moving as we can. And then like, well, I mean, most of, I guess most of us have dark vision, so it wouldn't be too hard to set up camp in the dark, but. I mean, if you set up a fire, I can. Yeah. Kind of help. You want to press on? Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. Okay. Onward. Big Gus is amenable to that as well. So you pull the the carriage and all of your mounts out of the cactus grove and continue heading in a northwesterly direction. Yes. Pretty soon the ground goes from kind of rocky scab lands to just big, wide, dry, and flat. It seems to be that you're entering some kind of salt flat here in this mm. middle stretch of the journey. As you are moving, mm-hmm. I need everyone to give me perception checks. Okay. Up. Hop. Oh, not bad, Reed. Twelve. Perceptions. Dirty twenty. Nice. Oh my Eight. God. Uh, 25. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brush off those shoulders. Uh-huh. It's all the, the, it's all the hypervigilance. Yeah. yeah. All the hypervigilance. Yeah. From growing up yeah. on the streets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta be alert. Back must be getting strong from carrying us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it. Sid, as you're riding you notice the just, like, absolute desolation out here. There's no birds, there's no animals, as far as you can say. You're entering a zone of just nothing. And that's why the the heat shimmers rising off the ground in the near distance, when they resolve into a humanoid shape for in front of your eyes, at first you think it's some kind of mirage. Though you've never experienced that kind of phenomenon. Uh, hey guys, did you see that? Do what? I didn't see anything. There was a, it looked like a mirage, uh, like a person, like a a human shape or a. Was it a horse? Are they still there? It's definitely, is it still there or was it just a brief? When you like. Look out, and it's basically straight in front of you. You just it's still there, squinting your eyes. It seems to be still there, at least for you, Sid. It looks like it's still there, and I point at it. And when you, you guys see it, follow Sid's eye line, staring into the distance. the The shimmering heat shapes in the late evening sun are making 
strange shapes all over with the storm lights now descending into evening. It's that weird kaleidoscopic, almost aurora-ish blend of colors in the evening, but the heat is still so intense that it's causing up those weird shimmers that between the two of them from the ground and the sky where they meet makes for some very weird imagery. So it's Sid, very difficult to trust your eyes. Sid, did you drink enough water when we stopped? Are you dehydrated? I don't think so. I pull out a flask, drink some whiskey, put it in. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> that, that, that'll help. That's my man. <laughs> but we oh. and we can't see anything, even like looking really hard. It's very difficult to make out any distinct shapes in the distance because of the weird blending of the light at this time of day. Sid's oh. super keen eyes are making out this little shape in the distance, but yeah. How far away does it appear to be? Oh. An estimation, obviously. I wouldn't know exactly. Yeah. Um, 200 feet, maybe? 300 feet? Like you, It seems like you'll get there pretty quick, but the if you're still moving, it always seems to be that far away. Ooh, that's, that is eerie. Does well, anybody want to go check it out? I mean, if... Yeah. I mean, can't. <laughs> if we're still moving and it's fading into the distance, then... Maybe I'm just seeing things. Well, or it could be like that horrible ghost horse thing. Skeleton. That, yeah. Yeah. There's Thank weird, you, weird horse. stuff happening here. Yeah. <clears throat> Mirage. Okay. So it's about this time as you're debating this that the, the sun is beginning to set in earnest and there's no cover out here. There's no convenient place to get any sort of encampment set up. You're just basically camping out in the wide open salt flat, the cracked earth beneath you. There's not even sand here. It's just dried, desiccated earth. Hmm. Yeah, so when we set up a fire, it's going to be visible for quite a while. But Seems like a reasonable thought. We're going to have to sleep in the carriage, aren't we? It's up to you. Is there enough room in the carriage? There absolutely oh, is. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Grawl's our expert at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm surprised I didn't sleep in there the night before. I like. Why would I sleep in a tent? Makes no sense. Hmm. Something you do notice as the sun is beginning to set, though, is that because of the insane openness and just dry, baked earth here, the light you're getting from the stormlight isn't necessarily diminishing as the night begins to creep on. It seems like you have pretty... It's pretty easy to see out here in the night, especially once starlight begins to reveal itself. Like, it's like being in the desert in the middle of the night like with enough stars in the moon you can very easily see yeah uh sleeping in the carriage is not a bad idea um and then whoever's uh posting up for uh watch can just sit on 
like the front, I guess. Just keep an eye out. Uh, Tirza, maybe you shouldn't have a shift. How does sleeping a full night sound? Is That's a better way to put uh, it, yeah. Uh, I mean... I guess that makes sense. Yeah. What does Big Gus sleep? Big Gus usually sleeps on the top of the carriage. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Eventually, the night comes in full. The stars begin to come out. The moon above is near full. And Big Gus pulls the carriage over. And not really any particular way. He just sort of trundles to a stop. There doesn't seem to be any reason not to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As you're coming to a stop, Sid, your eyes keep straining and focusing on that strange figure. And as the light settles down into true night and you lose the weird reflective heat mirages, you can see that it, that little glob is still there. It's way farther away than you were maybe initially thinking. Hmm. But like you can see you can see this like little prick of thumb darkness on the horizon. Okay. You're not entirely sure how far away it is anymore. Right. Well, since I'm doing first watch anyways, I'll keep keep my eyes in that direction. Okay. Uh, the mayor eventually comes out of the carriage, uh, stretching and yawning. He's rolling his neck. He has uh, reacquired his mirrored sunglasses and readons his hat as he exits. He says, Well, I am certainly glad that nothing else abs accosted us on the road today. Yet. <laughs> well... And he'll, like, knock on the side of the carriage. Let us just pray we get at least one night apiece. Hmm. With our luck? Probably not. Probably not. Um, we should probably inform him. In, in fact, yeah. I will. I'll just tell him about the... Um, Mr. Mayor, there were, uh... Scorpion centaurs? Ah, yes. Um... Tlinkale. They are, uh... Dreadful creatures. Rest assured, they w will have no interest in our encampment this night. Not so long as I am here. Oh. Cool. Well, All right. That's good. Okay. Uh, well, uh, despite that, um, there's very little cover here. Um, would you mind if we... Looking around and like, yeah, you're right. There's zero. Zero cover here. Mm -hmm. Uh would you mind if we rested in inside the carriage for the night, just to please keep us all do in one close quarters? And feel free to avail yourself of any of the amenities therein. <laughs> Probably just gonna sleep, but okay. Thank you. <laughs> the pillows and blankets are also amenities. <laughs> Cherish just it's awkward and nodding. Okay. 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 This is a weird conversation, and I'm going to exit it now. <laughs> Very well. And as I've stated before, if you all wish to have a full night's sleep, I am more than happy to take a watch by my lonesome. 
Oh, no, that's fine. I don't mind staying up. Okay. So you post your horses basically just onto the cart. Yep. Yeah. And watch order is normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Except for um, a lack I will, of Tirza. Yeah, I will... Tirza, like, sadly gets ready for bed, just like, womp womp. <laughs> and Tirza, as you were talking to the mayor, you definitely noticed him eyeing the mace that was riding at your hip. And giving you just, like, a, a, a casual smile. Hmm. Uh, uh. Ah, yeah, no, ah. as soon yeah, it, as soon as that conversation's done, I'm just like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> um uh I don't remember. Does the mayor know about the shield guardian? <laughs> no. Uh okay. actually Well that's gonna no, catch up with because us you it, didn't it attune until the amulet until the next morning. That's true. Okay. <laughs> I'm like gonna pop like I'm assuming like, you know, we have dinner or whatever, we don't need to fuss about that. But um like I'm like gonna I'm like going into the carriage to go to sleep and then I'm like pop back out like oh by the way uh there was a shield guardian last night with the that mage uh and all the mimics and it's mine now and it might catch up so don't like attack it or whatever good night <laughs> and he's a little <laughs> flabbergasted but just nods appreciatively wishes you a good night as well. I just got it. I just got this, so don't break it. <laughs> and that's not the the direction of the figure that I saw was in front of us yes. or behind us. It was in, in front, front of you. Okay. Okay. So that's it's not the shield guardian. Okay. Not as far as you know. Okay. It, it just ran around us really quick. Real, real quick. <laughs> He's yeah. a super fast, super fast boy. Mm-hmm. Uh Cherish, as you're getting into the carriage, you see that there is a four-winged raven perched on the top railing. Big Gus is sort of just eyeballing. Oh. Also. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, God. Uh, the mayor what, already knows what it is. What the, no, I know, but what's it? Because I, I, I promised Lothar I wouldn't use familiar, but I don't remember what we decided on. He wanted to be called bondsman. a bondsman. Bondsman. Um, oh, that's my my bondsman. Um, don't worry about, about him. And the mayor will wave and say, Yes, it's that rather uh, temperamental imp from the other night. Um, and addressing the lesser, I'll just be like, Everything look okay? Everything five by five? And shrug all of its little shoulders and say, Whole lot of nothing out here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Within Thank a mile, you. anyway. Yeah, right. Thank you. Sure. And you all go to bed. Uh, Sid with first watch. Mm-hmm. I need you all to, except for Tirza, to give me perception checks. Okay. That's better. That's much worse. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a 16. So that'd be uh, twelve for me. Also sixteen. Okay, very good, very good. Jesus. Grawl and cherish. 
while you are sitting up during your watch, the mayor somewhere nearby, occasionally he'll just walk a perimeter around the carriage. He'll pat his own team of horses, keeping them calm. You get a bizarre sense from this place. Like, yeah, it's just big and empty, but it feels almost purposefully so. Like, the area here is just so desolate and so empty. Like, you'd expect to at least see just, like, a stump here or there, or a rock formation of some kind, but it's just flat and nothing. And I don't know if any of you have ever experienced just absolute nothing. Nope. Grawl, the opposite I don't even know if you came this way when you initially left the Bulwark of Bone, because this is just like a dead zone out here. Let's say no. I think you would have more likely went to the northeast towards Rushton and then looped back down. Sure. Mostly because that's I don't have the, a map. I've... Yeah, it's the more easily traversed way from the Bulwark. Mm. Especially if you're an emaciated nobody. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and don't have a badass carriage to ride around in. Yeah. yeah. Also I helps. I don't love you. So, yeah. But yeah, that's all that happens over the course of your watch. If I, any of you wanted to talk to the mayor during the night, you can. Nah. I think Sid's pretty focused. Why don't we have a city council? No. <laughs> <laughs> I am the council. And then he just walked away. <laughs> Does that not happen? No. I, I, no. Okay. Maybe tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, Reed. Uh -huh. I'm assuming Grawl <laughs> sleeps at some point this evening. Yes, he does. Would you like to accomplish anything? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, damn it. That's, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Okay. And? Uh, Again, your options are wander the dreamlands, accomplish nothing, mm -hmm. go to the dream version of the archive, maybe learn a thing mm -hmm. or two, mm -hmm. or attempt to more thoroughly uh, amble about the dreamlands in search of some kind of answer via the spell augury. I'm going to skip the augury and then go um, do like uh, do the archive. Okay, so you tread those Searching. familiar paths back down, down, down those winding staircases past a thousand different doors, and eventually find the door at the bottom that leads to the archive. And what are you looking for there? I want to see if I can find uh, some sort of like book or text that has a similar kind of like interface that the bracelet had. Okay, excellent. Uh, give me an investigation roll. Okay. Oh, that's not good. That is going to be 
as soon as this pops up. <laughs> uh, it's a one, but I rolled a two and I have a negative one. <laughs> oh my god. A dirty botch. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You don't even know where to start. You like oh, you've great. seen strange hologrammy things like that before, but whenever you go to look at one, usually they're just like these silver bars that rest on little tripods on the shelves that project a single page of something above them. They don't flip like the the quasi spell book you saw. Huh. I mean that's still kinda cool. Yeah, so Looking around, you just keep, you wander back to all of the still projections you've seen in the past, but you don't necessarily find anything new. So it's like, hmm. okay, this is technology that has existed or will exist. Maybe both. Mm -hmm. Based on what you know about how this place is organized. And yeah, that's pretty much all you get. The other thing uh -huh. you notice is that while you're in the archive deliberately searching for something, because I think this may be the first time you've actually gone here with the express purpose of learning something. Mm -hmm. Other times it's been incidental. <laughs> um, it works out. But while you're doing this, you constantly sense the figure of Mott lurking nearby watching you as you work seemingly intensely focused on what you're doing. Why's it gotta be so creepy? Patron's got a patron, yo. That's uh... just something you notice is like, while you're in the archive, or the dream archive, Mott is always there with you, at least to some capacity. Nearby. Does he... Does... Mott ever attempt like any form of communication or is it just kind of like that constant sense of like you're walking down a long like street you know when you're walking down like a long street late at night and you can like you've got a feeling that there's something creepy like a block and a half behind you but there's really isn't but you feel like there is it's more like when you're in a library and you know that there's a librarian on the other side of the shelf mm, and they're walking literally parallel with you like is it the one like are they are the bookshelves like see-through? Like no. they can see that you're doing or they just have their you, innate sense because just, this is their place of business. They've seen you take a book out of the shelf and are making sure you either take it with you or put it back. <sighs> Fine. That's just the sense you get of just like someone is minding you. Not that they're necessarily have any sort of ill intent, but they are aware of you and they want to keep being aware of you. Okay. Interesting. But he doesn't necessarily reach out and try to communicate unless you do. Got it. No, nope, okay. nope. I don't want to talk to him right now. Okay. <laughs> Other than that, the night passes uneventfully. Come the morning, it is now the fourth day of the month of Ember. Come the seventh, you should arrive at the Bulwark of Bone. Moving through the day, Sid, your eyes constantly fall towards that dark blotch on the horizon. You swear it's getting bigger. Mm. When you stop at midday, your eyes are just fixed on it. And mm -hmm. it's driving you crazy. 
and it, it appears to be closer now. Or at least it's getting bigger. Okay. Um, I, I ask, seriously, nobody sees it? It's still just me. What? The other Anyone? three of you uh, give me perception checks? Come on, baby. The fact that you saw it... You rolled a 25. I did roll a 25. Yeah. It's uh, 11. 16. 22. Ooh. Oh, Grawl, you definitely see it now. Oh, shit, you weren't lying. Yes! <laughs> you see it. You thought he was lying? <laughs> I don't know. We're out in the middle of a desert. Boy could be seeing things. Does that... That doesn't make... That doesn't make me lying. That just... Whatever. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we'll work out the uh, subtleties of that later. Yeah, sure. I'm not worried the about it. The implications of that statement. Um, the fact of the matter is, you were telling the truth, and that's what's important. This is true. Oh, uh, so can I? Can I have? Can I have had the the bracelet? That's, oh. yeah, I don't know what the district, I think most of it was in the bag of holding. If you want the bracelet, that's up to you. Well, I, I not like to wear or necessarily to use, but I think when we stop, like, you know, ask Sid, like, hey, can I look at the bracelet? I want to, I want to try to read the spell book. I love it. I want to look at the spell book more. It's very intriguing. Sure. I toss, cherish the bracelet. Again, it said beaded bracelet. Each bead has a symbol on it that is a, the alchemical Seemingly universal symbol for a particular school of magic. Uh, okay. And you want to try to, like, mess with it throughout the day? Yeah, like, try to read it. Okay. I don't know if it's in a language I know, but... It is absolutely not. It is written in the same language that uh, the labels on the potion bottles are written in. So it seems to be the mm. same hand. Just a very precise, Ooh. neat hand in a language that none of you know. The only reason you know it's a spell book is because certain arcane formula and like magic ritual circles are a fairly universal thing. It's like identifying math in a book written in a different language. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We we could figure out what it says. I could stab it. <laughs> I, but I want to. But then it That's goes fine. away forever. Yeah, we don't know that. It could come back. What if the, the well? The give me that rock. Like then. a sick stomach. Give me that rock. I back. don't want to give you the rock. I like the rock. I don't think you can. I don't want to, even if I could, which I'm pretty sure I can, I'm not going to give it well, up then, because I'm a big fan of that rock. Well, then it might as well be gone. Y'all said it I might could as have well it. Be gone forever. You might, you might yeah. not want to give this back, so. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't want to give this one back. Mm. <laughs> oh, I <would> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Uh... Figuring out a language just from reading it is not, like, how you do that, but... Yeah, you need some kind of Rosetta Stone or yeah. the spell comprehend, comprehend language. language. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be... When are we hitting level 9 again? <laughs> um... uh, this rate, a while. A long while. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, I guess Cherish would want to, like, at least, you know, look at the magical... Uh, formula and stuff and the alchemical stuff and maybe try to find patterns in the, the written language. Okay. 
not really to any success, but give me what kind of role would this be? Do you have any kind of proficiency in like ledgerman's tools or like some kind of calligraphy or no, just jewelers? Yeah, I think this is just going to be a straight intelligence roll then. Okay. Yes. Real good. Uh, I botched. Oh, okay, uh, so cool. I'm just, I just. So you sneeze all over the book. Yeah. I, I short circuit the, the hologram. The, the bracelet. Yeah. <laughs> you can't help but continually flip to yeah. the page with your face on it. Yeah. And because that is a page you can absolutely read. Yeah. Which at least tells you that the the golem mage could probably read Infernal, or at least had a way to read Infernal. Because mm -hmm. it is written in that hellish script. Yeah. And yeah, again, the parameters of your capture are simply that your soul be intact. So yeah, the rest of the day passes fairly uneventfully, unless any of you have anything in particular you wish to accomplish. Sounds like a big old nope. So nope. No. <laughs> solid, solid, solid nope. Yeah. As you're moving, Grawl, that intense hunger for the book that Cherish is holding is just constantly gnawing at you, but it's I mean, it's not overcoming you in any way. It's just something you're constantly aware of while Cherish has it exposed. Oh, I probably put it back in the bag as soon as we started, like, trekking again. No, no, you botched. You are consumed by that poster of oh. you being wanted. And so now, th I just have two bracelets now. Are, are you, is, <laughs> two magic bracelets. <laughs> is Cherish riding on her horse? I would assume. Great, then in that case, girl's going back in the carriage. <laughs> So when you stop for lunch, Grawl gets back in the carriage. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. I'll be in my trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Near the evening, Sid, that blotch on the horizon has gotten larger and brighter. It's tough to say. It, it's it's starting to like hurt to look at. Weird. It seems like it's reflecting light. In some oh, way. So curious. Is it's not evening yet, right? It's growing it's, towards evening. Okay. Maybe I'll have the mayor take a look at it or something. As evening begins to draw in and the weird combination lights of the earth and sky begin again with those weird soap bubble colors on the horizon. Uh you will see a black four-winged form flit down towards you. And so just before you are about to pull over, as sunset is occurring, the lesser mm -hmm. comes in and lands on the horn of your saddle, Cherish, and says, There's a big thing about a four or five miles out. I could see it from up in the air. What does it look like? Some kind of statue or something that fell over? I'm not sure. Hmm. It's big. It's big. But it's just a statue. It's not moving? or a, a Big, lumpy, humanoid thing. 
Tough mm. to say. Like I said, it's like five miles out. I can see it from up high, but that's it. Okay. Does it appear to be on our way? Like, if we were heading towards the bulwark, would we pass by it? You asking this of the lesser? Yeah. He seems to be ignoring you. I throw a rocket. Hey, oh my god. I, uh, I, I shield the lesser. I probably can't catch a rock that Sid throws, but I can at least, like, b- body nope. shield. <laughs> Don't throw it hard. Uh, make make an attack roll, and I'll use my my protection, my paladin protection. Oh, you're gonna def- you're gonna protect my hellish imp from hell. No, I mean, I'm not. Here's here's the deal. There's no rocks. There's nothing. It's, That's true. It's fine. I have nothing <laughs> to throw at thing. Picked one up earlier. Um, just carry it around. Yeah, this is my throwing rock. This is my throwing rock. If we just kept going straight, will we run into it? Well, not run into it, but figuratively. You're going to run straight into it, yeah. Okay. If you keep okay, pressing well, a little bit past evening, you probably get to it. Sid, I think the thing that you saw is is this, this statue, probably. Um, do we want to keep going, or do we want to tackle it fresh in the morning? I mean, I am very, very curious, but could be an ambush. I don't know. Maybe something is hanging out near it. I don't know. But in the event that it doesn't, you know, come to life and attack us, it could be used as cover if it's big. What? But we also don't know why it's shining, why it's glowing. That is true. Yeah. It's losing that shine as the sun is setting. Gotcha. So maybe it's just reflective. Metal? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe it's like your friend, the shield guardian, but really big. So we could have two. Maybe. Or it it's bonded to someone else and it destroys us because it's very big it's i mean one or the other (laughs) 50 50 i say we go in the morning i knock on the carriage grawl we have a mm, conundrum i can solve it no problem (laughs) are you drunk again what no, I was taking a nap. I was taking a nap. Inside check, please. <laughs> Reed, have you been consuming of the mayor's no, alcohol? No, no, there's not a okay. lot of the wine left, and I felt a little bad about that. <laughs> there are plenty of spirits left. True. Nah, no, the wine was good. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to last the whole trip. Um, okay, so, yeah, what's the call? Do you press on, or do you wait till morning? Now that I'm thinking about it, though, I, I want to know what it is. And again, I heard the idea bandied about that you could send the mayor to maybe see what it was. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. <laughs> he could get stuck in another flask. Well, we got him out of the last one. 
That's true. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> we almost didn't, though. <laughs> what if we just keep the mayor. We keep the mayor as a pet inside the flask. That seems like a bad idea. we just throw him out. We summon idea. him whenever we need him to battle. Like, like a Pokemon. It's, Not it's that I would like, know what no. that is. Yeah, I was just about to say, know. like, do we want to be the very best? Like a Beyblade. <laughs> Let him rip. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh, God. I mean, it'd be nice to, like, yeah, let's just do it. You want to just do it? Let's just do, let's it. do it. Let's find out what it is. Yeah. Okay. So pressing on into the evening, like I said, once the sun sets, the uh, it becomes very easy to see once it's full of starlight and moonlight. And you are now maybe three days out from full moon. And so it is very bright at night. So moving in the darkness, especially with this wide-open terrain, is very easy. The only complication comes when the cart pulls over uh, to let the mayor out. You quickly appraise him of the situation, and he says that's maybe not the best idea, but he'll go along with it. Nice. I mean, that's what, yeah. that's what I said. That's what I said. I thought we should have made camp back there, but no one listened to me. But he will join nope. Big Gus on the driver's seat of the carriage for the last little stretch of this. And as you're moving in the evening, this thing, whatever it is, becomes very obvious on the horizon to the point where the rest of you can see it. Moving for about an hour into nighttime, you eventually see that what is resolving in front of you is these large alabaster mounds of some kind. It's very difficult to say what it is from your angle. Oh boy. There's just these huge, large... There's one gigantic dome of just, like, bleached white. There are these huge pillars that move past it, and these huge mounds that are on either side of it and kind of moving parallel and one of them's perpendicular to the dome. Um, it's very odd. Hmm. <laughs> uh, and this is separate from the, the, the main statue. These are around. This is, statue? this is what you're seeing. These things are enormous. They look like some kind of construction mm -hmm. just out in the middle of this wasteland. And they're so pearlescently white that they were reflecting light in such a wow. way that they were actually bright in the daylight. But at night they're just these huge constructions. But you can see that they're they look... so, so white. Do Should they look we... like new? Or is this no. like something that's been Ancient, like weathered? old and pitted, but just sun bleached to absolutely no color. I mean, what just time is it? Can we ask the old mage? I hey, what is this thing? I just... I don't... <laughs> She's not hey, Siri. She doesn't just turn on. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. She kind of is, though, just a little bit. No, I just mean that that there is technically a Siri-esque fun function of the pocket watch. I'm just not sure how helpful it would be in this exact situation. <laughs> don't know. Gotta yeah. try. Good try. Uh, hey, pocket watch. 
Uh, is there any ancient ruins in this salt flat? What is the name of salt flat? The wastelands. We're in is, the wastelands. Is there any uh, ancient structures in the wastelands? And the voice of the old mage uh, pops up. It seems as though this thing can track if you're moving. And so the oh. image of the old mage while you're moving on horseback doesn't appear. It's only her voice that comes out of the pocket watch. Ah. And mm. don't text and drive. It will say. Specification of location is required. Uh, <laughs> man. Uh. Mm. Yeah, when you're using data, not the Wi-Fi, oh man, it's impossible. Is there any way we can, like, I don't know, use the stars to triangulate where we are? Does anybody know how to do that? You just think that the problem is that you said the wastelands, and yeah. that's not a specific location within the valley. There's just, yeah, there's it's, just not any markers to signify where we are, so. It's how many, however many days southeast of the work of Bone? Might okay. get us closer. Yeah. yeah. The big problem is that on any maps that any of you have seen, this is just a big empty spot on the map. There's yeah. nothing here. Um. So there's, uh, but like just asking, is there any general record of anything existing in the salt uh, or in the wastelands beforehand? That's too broad of a question. Endless encyclopedia yeah. data. <laughs> No, there's actually uh, very little. Um, according to the Pocket Watch, like there's no record of any prior civilization existing in the Drylands. Maybe it's pre uh, Valley. It's yeah. possible. Yeah. How far away from each other are these things? Like, are we moving pretty swiftly through them? I mean, it depends. Uh, you only really hit the dome if you keep moving, like, two hours. You can see this all from, like, about a half a mile away. It's gigantic. Mm -hmm. So they're all really spaced out. They're really spaced out. And you can see beyond the uh, the dome is where those huge pillars are and some of those big mounds as well. Hmm. Um, Like, scale-wise, are we talking, like, like the statues of the like old kings and like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'd like, say that's a pretty that decent big? approximation. Okay. Like yeah, Colossus of Rhodes, like Yeah. Yeah, I like that you did a like as opposed to like a real real world building. Like a For, building I don't that know. <laughs> That is the first thing that popped into my brain when it said giant white structures. Look, I'm not saying like, it's bad. Like, it's just He's talking terrible. my language. You talk to me about the yeah. kings of Numenor and I'm all there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the gates of... Uh, I don't remember. Maybe we should try and get like an overhead perspective. Like have uh, the lesser fly over, take a look, tell us what it looks like, or one of us can just fly up there. Yeah, I mean, yes, I, <laughs> um, you could you could send Grawl up there, and he could look with his <laughs> special eyes. Right. Look, it only goes thirty feet. Oh, it, it only does. Goes 30 30 feet, yeah. Damn. Yeah. 
Do you want so to send if I'm the... 30 feet from one of them? I can look at it real good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So do you get close to these things? Like, like I said, you're about a half mile out when you can sort of see all of this. I figure we should probably slow down and talk about like, yeah. what our game I... plan is. Yeah, um, I agree. If we do want to go, we should get like some kind of parameter search. Um, uh, like I was saying, uh, but are we? So we are still good to go in, or do we want to rest now? Be fully, you know, rested and ready to go tomorrow. I mean. Sure. I mean, these things are like really big, so it's going to take, if we want to stop it, I don't think we have really have time to stop and explore them, even if we do rest tonight and keep going tomorrow. I would, I'm just saying we could at least get a better look at them in the morning. Not that we have to like, I, I don't even know if there's entrances. These just appear to be structures of some sort. Because um, we don't know anything. Oh. Is the mayor listening to this conversation at all? I mean, if you're riding next to the cart, yeah. Yeah. The mayor is never really keeping his... Letting his gaze fall away from these large structures. He's just, like, very intently looking at them. Did... Did you know that these were here? And he will shrug and say, My domain lies south of here, around the town of Blue Gulch. We are well outside of my, uh jurisdiction. So you haven't taken this path to the Bulwark of Bone? Have you been to the Bulwark of Bone before? I cannot say I have. My business dealings have never found the necessity to go treat with the hobgoblins. And if I am able to travel north, well, I don't have many occasions to travel north either. I mean, we're going to have to go th through them, probably. I mean, or... Oh, I had assumed I had just... I'd never been to this part of the world before. All of this is as fresh to my eyes as it is to yours. I think a flyover might be good. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to send the lesser? Do you want to fly yourself? Uh, I'm going to send the lesser. Okay. And in the meantime, do you want to stop, or do you want to keep pressing on towards the first structure, the large dome? Um. I think we should wait. We should we should yeah. get a surveillance uh, check, and then and then have a report back, and then we'll make a decision from there. Okay. So it is about seven forty-five when you call a halt. And you're about half a mile out from all of these structures. You send the lesser out. He will do a quick surveillance from pretty high up and sweep back. And by that time, it's around 8 p.m. As he lands, uh, still in his raven form, he'll land on the horn of your saddle and just say, It's... It's bones. What? What? What kind of? Could you tell what it was? Still talking oh. to Cherish, seemingly ignoring Sid. 
uh, he'll say, Punch this fuck. <laughs> Don't punch him. Don't. It's, I was rocking and throw at him. It's like. It's, <laughs> you got a rock? It's, it's humanoid shape. It's. And he'll, like, gesture with his beak over towards the dome. That's the skull. Oh, boy. Whoa. And he'll point towards, like, one of the first in the row of columns in the ribcage. And uh-huh. then, like, point towards the lumps to either side and say, Arms. And you can't see them from here, but there's some legs sticking out the other side, too. Uh-huh. I ain't never I... seen anything that big. And I've seen some I big haven't... stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't doubt it. Um, That's... Like, what is that big? I mean, giants are pretty large. They're not that, that big? They're not that big. Super giant. You have seen one giant that big. Um... Oh. Oh, that one. So a giant god. Good. Hobgoblin's got beef with giants, my dudes. <laughs> I guess. It's like shit, guys. <laughs> Fuck. Is it worth it? Are you guys okay? <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, you are all when you're asking yourselves, like, what on earth is that big? You all have sudden and violent flashbacks to the beast lands where oh. a singularly humongous storm giant riding a elementally infused mastodon was charging across the storm plains at you. Its single arm was enough to bring down a massive cave structure that you just barely escaped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Well, that means it's not alive. And the lesser will go, I... I sure hope so. Yeah, right. <laughs> we did not actually win that fight. Um, <laughs> it was a well, we, hey, we bit didn't of a stalemate. <laughs> we'll call the draw. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, hey, good news. Not alive. Yeah. Um, there really isn't any bad news. Uh, for once. Yeah. The mayor will say, well, the bad news would just be, I dearly hope that we do not meet whatever killed this thing. Okay, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for your optimism. Um, Simply being the realist. Uh, so if we want to use one of these bones as, like, a little bit of cover and Sure, that would be fine, or we can stop here. The mayor pretty much insists that, like, camping inside of a dead creature is never a good idea. It is metal as fuck, though. (laughs) (laughs) To be sure. (laughs) So yeah, the mayor pretty much insists that you don't camp inside the dead thing. 
Sure. Uh, and as much as I like want to do it anyway, just to make him mad. It's uh, very spooky. <laughs> it is very spooky. I think Cherish is probably amenable to, yeah, let's just camp here. And also, <laughs> good night. I'm sleeping in the carriage again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, same deal as last night. Uh, yeah. uh, I will actually take a watch since you, it's bright enough to see by. Yeah, absolutely. I will okay. insist. Reed, you have something to say? Uh, question. Uh, is there any value in, like, taking some of this bone? Well, there is a small fact that Grawl would know that maybe just hasn't really come up, but Hobgoblins do prize uh, giant bone uh, mm-hmm. for its uh, industrial uses. Yeah. M- medicinal and structural purposes. <laughs> okay, but we might have like a pet cemetery issue on our hands if you bring uh, bone with you. I'm all right. All right. No, 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 no. Uh, why does it matter? They're going to f- murder me when we get there anyways. So it's like, <laughs> damned if I do, damned if I don't. Like, <laughs> going to die anyways. Fucking go in there with some shit. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So a giant of this size, if you could even like manage to take a whole bone of any kind, uh, would be quite a prize, yes. Maybe one of the fingertips. It's like... Yeah, like, question, is there any way we can get a chunk of bone mounted to the top of the carriage as, like, an offering? See if the shield guardian can pick it up. Yeah, (laughs) bring it with it. We bring a gift. It'll be here in a couple days. We didn't pay for express shipping. (laughs) We were too cheap for express shipping. We don't have that prime. So uh. the smallest bone on this thing, like tiny little hand bones or foot bones, are still the size of someone's torso. Yeah. So you're saying we could get a couple on top of the carriage. Like with if the <laughs> well. if that if the dome in front of you is a skull, the teeth are the size of the carriage. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very. Good. You want oh. some cool mm. teeth, Elliot. Ooh, you know you want. I want a big tooth. I don't what about think just like a canine, quite... just like a canine, right on top of that business? <laughs> but leastways, you all make camp, mm-hmm. and you take your rest for the night with the bones of this enormous giant in the near distance. As you do, I need everyone to make perception checks. I mean, like, they've got to know it's here. Mm. Somebody might know it's here. You honestly have no idea. <laughs> uh, I got a 27. Wowzers. Mm-hmm. I got a 20. 20? 14. Cool. Botch. <laughs> Cherish with the botch. Oh no! That double botch tonight. Wow. Oh wow. <laughs> interesting. So the yeah, watch order is Sid, yeah. Cherish, Tirza, Grawl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And the mayor is the mayor still hanging out? And the mayor is hanging out on his business. Uh twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. 
ourselves a party. This <laughs> thing. Okay, 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 okay. Oh. 27, you said? That is correct. Okay. I rolled a 19 plus 8. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Jesus. And then for the mayor. Ooh. Interesting. Okay. That is pretty much what he needed to roll to. Okay. Okay. Sid. Yes. Nothing occurs during your watch. Damn it. I mean, yay. Cherish. Mm-hmm. How are you equipped during your watch? Do you have your fire staff with you? Yes. Do you have, like, all of your other gear and stuff with you? Um... I'm assuming I you're still wearing the amulet? Yes. Be dumb to take that off. Um, I think that the like her bag is in the carriage. Like I don't think that she left. She would leave it in a like in the tent. But the carriage seems a little safer. So like the bag that has the wand in it uh-huh. is probably in the carriage, along with everything else that's in the bag, including the you know what. Yep. Um. Uh. Yeah, but uh, you know, fire staff. That. Okay. At a certain point during your watch, Cherish, you're just idling outside the carriage. I don't know. You didn't build a fire or anything, so you're just sitting on top of the carriage, kind of wandering near your horse. What are you doing during your watch? Um. Yeah, I think Ch- Cherish probably like is sitting on top of the carriage and like kind of does a ninety degree rotation every once in a while. Like, yeah, just like looking around. Or maybe she doesn't, because I botched. (laughs) Maybe she's just staring at her fucking feet. I don't know. (laughs) Your thoughts are definitely consumed with just the mounting odds stacked against you. This is true. The the comforting words of Kalkin aren't really doing anything to soften the blow that yet another archdevil is out to get you. And like your thoughts just keep going back to a woman who you only know the name of and the words written in a letter, Arate Valmarad, like what odds did she have to deal with to get into the position that she was in? But as you're contemplating this and sort of losing yourself in your own thoughts, little daydreams of what your birth mother might be like, you hear from the other side of the carriage the mayor say, what the... And then the carriage door will slam. And then, like, you'll see the mayor's head sort of, like, peek up over the lip of the carriage and he'll give you a look and say, did you leave the carriage door open? I don't think I did. Hmm. I'm sleeping in there. You are. The rest of you are, actually. Yeah. Uh-oh. The mayor will lean back down and open up the carriage door and look around. Huh. Now close the door again. Curious. 
But is other than that, everything okay? I, I believe so. Just carriage door popped open. <laughs> this old thing must be time for reing up. This thing is nearly 150 years old, after all. Hmm. Other than that, the night passes uneventfully. Yeah. Fuck. No, like that. Noticeable lack of weight <laughs> the next morning when I put the back on. No. Everything seems fine. You repack your bags and maybe give the note from your mother a look over, just as the the night reminded you of her. We enter the fourth day of Emperor. Fuck. Actually, is this the fifth? fourth? No, this would be the fifth, yes. Yeah. Um, my apologies. At as you move a little bit before dawn, you begin moving through this massive skeleton. Its size is insane to your minds. Nothing you've ever encountered besides that one giant in a weird other world is this big. And even that giant, you only really ever saw at a distance outside of its arm reaching through the realm scar. Yeah, like, there was really no time to contemplate its largeness while it was trying to kill us. Correct. But as you travel through this thing for, I would say, about 200 feet worth of distance from, like, wow. skull to the last of the feet bones, you're Damn. struck by just, like, what on earth could have taken this thing down? And you figure that out pretty quick, actually. Oh. Because <laughs> halfway down its rib cage, you see a humongous black iron bolt just sticking horizontal, uh, vertically up out of the ground. It looks vaguely like a ballista bolt of an insane scale. How got lands? And etched onto its surface is writing in Goblin. Oh, I can read it too. It is script for long, long expired enchantments. Oh. (laughs) Oh boy, howdy. And getting a sense of what they were for seems to corroborate that, like, this bolt was intended to kill something of insane power and sap it of divine energy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> god looks so over bad at and he's just like, yeah. Fucking so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every everyone looks at the goblin riding, and then the heads slowly turn towards Grawl, and Grawl's just like, "Yeah, right, I know." I mean, I don't know that Sid and I can even recognize that it's in Goblin. Oh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, Sheriff, tell tell him how cool. Tell them how cool the hobgoblins are. Okay. Uh, Explain to them. Explain to them. Okay, I'm doing it. Okay. Okay. uh, Stop interrupting me. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 like a giant crossbow bolt, essentially, with magic on it to 
um, kill something really powerful and make it not divine anymore. Like, like it, like it was a god and it was killed by the hobgoblins. Oh, I. They can do that. Karen, that that can be done. It was. Hey, hey! If you're angry enough about something, you'll figure it out. Grawl, this is all news to you. If the hobgoblins I'm... are capable of something like this, it <laughs> you you were never told. But I'm gonna act like I know. Like this is <laughs> totally in the realm of like, yeah, everyone knows how to do this. This is the thing you learn when you're three. Inside <laughs> check. <clears throat> the other thing you notice as you're passing through the skeleton is that its bones aren't like large chunks of calcium. They appear to be made of stone, albeit just like bleached white stone. Passing by the skull, you can see it has this like weird elongated shape. Its teeth are these giant, just like grinding flat boulders of black and obsidian that you couldn't see from the back. Its arms are really, really long, probably would have fallen past its waist. Uh, and there are strange pieces to this corpse. Large chunks of what look like formed stone, like bulging out of a shoulder blade. You see what looks like a, a carved work pillar that was jutting from the elbow. It looks like masonry pieces were jutting out of this creature. That's a wild. Uh, not because it's plot relevant, but just because I, Olivia, am curious about what happens when you sap a divine being of energy. If I do divine sense, does this ground read as desecrated? Or yes, as 100% desecrated. Okay, good. Cool. Awesome. I, I figured that was the case. Yeah, what was done here was abominable. Yep. <laughs> and maybe that's why the land is just nothing for miles around. Cool. Hobgoblins! <laughs> Excellent. Killing oh, a god gee. has consequences. Yeah. Oh, the rest of the day passes fairly uneventfully. Once you're past the skeleton, there's just more and more nothing. And, yeah, the day rolls on. The monotony of this place is absurd. You think, though, by the time evening is setting in and the stars come out, based on your positioning, you have a sense that maybe the skeleton was the midway point. Like, that was the center of this just total oblivion. Mm-hmm. In the distance, you keep moving in a westward direction, so you're continually getting closer and closer to the Stormwall Mountains. And they are more and more taking up more of the sky. So sunset is coming quicker and quicker the closer you get to the mountains. 
So you keep pressing on a few hours into nighttime here and there over this day, and it doesn't seem to detract from your time at all. The mayor eventually comes out, and rather than having the coach stop, he'll just swing out up onto the coach as it's moving um, in a very, like, holding one hat, and as his other hand grabs the side railing and just swings himself up. And he'll he'll ask about the skeleton, and I don't know what you tell him about that. Uh, did he... He knew it was bone, right? He was there for that? He was told it was a skeleton of some kind, but okay, okay, he wasn't... Yeah, okay. He wouldn't have been up and about when you passed it. Yeah. Yeah. Just that it was... a stone skeleton, and was we didn't have any trouble going through it. Yeah. Okay. Thank God. As you press on to the night, eventually you do stop and make camp. Again, it is just a, a vast emptiness around you, the form of the immense skeleton in the far distance behind you. Now, drifting off into that dark blotch that you saw, except in reverse. As you... Settle down for the evening. You're all, like, setting up and rolling out whatever sleeping you can, like bedrolls and whatnot, inside the coach. Uh, the mayor's outside. Big Gus is still sleeping on the top of the coach. And, uh, let's see. I need everyone to give me perception checks for the watch that evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, let's see how this goes. Cherish over here. I got a two this time. No, I got a nat twenty, which would have been lovely last time. Yeah, yeah that would have been fantastic. I instinctively know. Wish it's been stolen. Sid, I, however, got a two. Uh, twenty-three for me. Okay, a nineteen. Very good. Um, and... okay. Uh, well, those are some bad rolls. Cherish, mm -hmm. during your watch, you notice the tiny figure appear about 50 feet away from the coach. It seems to be maybe halfling or gnome sized, and it is walking up bold as brass. It has a, a pointy hat and weird, like, dangling strips of motley around its collar. And it's just striding right up out of the wasteland, seemingly appearing out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, walking up to the carriage? It's walking straight up towards the door, yeah. And the mayor is uh, off to the, the rear of a carriage, sort of just, like, humming to himself. Uh, when it gets close enough, can I misty step behind it? Sure. And say, uh, what you doing? And, uh, when you do that, it will let out a little, ah! and tumble forward in like a circus cartwheel and it will land on its rump, its legs splayed, and it will do a little, uh, tumble to the side and spring up 
and like look at you and you can see now that its pointy hat has little like a bell on the top uh point of it and its little strips of motley are in all different colors around its neck and those also have little bells jangling from it so if he'd gotten any closer you'd have been able to hear it but uh as yeah. it stands now like he's just jangling as he pops up and when he rolls up and looks at you you can see that the uh the ruddy green brown face of a goblin with pointed teeth beneath the cap grins at you its eyes wide and they have this very bizarre feature about them. The eyes of this goblin are shale. They're this, like, black flinty gray. But there's just this strange plane inside the pupils that just seems to go back into the skull. It's as if you're looking at a weird 3D image of just, like, seeing into the infinite horizon when you look into his eyes. Weird. And I'll say, Oh, Ma, I've been rumbled! Yeah, uh, what you doing? I was just sneaking up on your carriage to check up on your little hobgoblin friend in there. Okay, uh... <gasps> can I... Can I piece that together with the door from last night? Maybe. Probably. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Were you here last night, too? Sure was. Sneaking around isn't very nice. No, it's not. That's why I do it. Okay, well, uh, what do you want with my hobgoblin friend? Nothing, just making sure he's still there. Okay, why? That's what I was intuited to do. Make sure that the pale one gets to the bulwark. It's important. Okay. Are you hungry? <laughs> me? Always. Okay. Have a sit down with me. You know, on general principle, I'm told not to associate with your kind, but you seem nice. I'm... I'm I, I, the way that I have seen other folks go about this kind of thing is is not my favorite and I'm I'm trying I'm trying out a new thing. I'm trying to do it a different way. I'm all about new. And I I want to like pull some jerky or whatever out of my pocket, I guess. And like behind just, you like, you can like you're cuz you're facing you're now looking at the carriage. You can see that the mayor's yeah. head is sort of just like leaning out from the side of the carriage staring at this happening. And I kind of, I want to, like, make eye contact with him, like, just, just call it. Just Speak. I, I will call on you if necessary. Because, <laughs> yeah, he makes, like, a neck-twisting motion at you, just like, eh? No? And you just, like, give a brief shake at the head, and he's like, okay. And then you just see him just, like, lean back out of frame. <laughs> uh, I'm going to sit down, cross-legged. I'm going to... Hand the goblin some jerky. With a little jangle, the goblin will sit down in front of you. Big, gleaming smile on his face. He takes the jerky and just... Eats it like a piranha. She's kind of taking, taking some bites of it as well. Of hers as well. He says, oh, much obliged. I was famished. You're welcome. Um, now, that pale hobgoblin yeah. is in fact a friend of mine. Oh, good. Um, and 
We are heading to the bulwark. This is true. Excellent. Now, I don't want anything bad to happen to him when we get there. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I kind of thought it might be. Uh, So why is that exactly is it so important that he get there? You know. If you know. I don't exactly know. It's sort of just a feeling, you know? An intuition. Okay. But you know something bad's going to happen to him. Oh, something bad happens to everybody, lad. Okay. Okay. This is... That's fair enough. Fair enough, I suppose. Something bad happened to you? Something bad happened to me? I'm sure something bad already happened to him. Yeah, I would say so. Probably. Thought I wasn't there for that. Yeah, neither was I. Well, I caught the tail end of it, but... Ha! Tail end! And he'll point at your tail. <laughs> I love this guy. It wasn't intentional, but that is pretty funny. Um, Who are you? you oh, me? Asking. Oh. Well, you know, most people already know this is weird. And he'll stick out this little, like, hand, and you can see he's wearing fingerless gloves that maybe ha- still have the fingers. He's just, his nails have poked through the end of the, the fingered gloves. Mm-hmm. And say, pleasure to meet you. My name's the Nilbog. And I think it is there that we are going to take our break. Awesome. And when we return, we shall meet more with our new friend, the Nilbog. Greetings, my friends. I am Omatep Duskwalker owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM, here today to talk to you about a very useful magical item, an iron flask. Now I know what you're thinking. No, this isn't only useful simply because you can drink out of it. I mean, you can do that too. But when I say iron flask, I am capitalizing the I and the F in those words to emphasize the importance that this is a particular type of flask, not simply just a drinking flask made of iron. Oh no, this legendary magical item is used to trap extra-dimensional creatures in an extra-dimensional pocket. While the creature is trapped there, no time passes, and it is in a state of stasis, unable to move or affect its surroundings. Using an iron flask couldn't be simpler. Simply point it at a creature within 60 feet, say the magic word, and zowie! Well, I mean, it does get to make a saving throw, so maybe it could resist the flask's effects. And if it has been in an iron flask before, it does have advantage on making that check. But still, odds are pretty good that you are going to zap that creature straight into the flask. And here's the really fun part. You can release the creature by popping the top off of the flask. And then, for one hour, any creature released from the flask will be friendly to you and your companions. That means you could trap something like a very angry genie, or some kind of mind flayer, or a shadow dragon of some kind. And then, when you dump them out of the flask, they have to be your friend for a little while. I mean, after that, they definitely won't be your friend, because, you know, you just trap them in a flask, but it would be great for about an hour. Now here's the trick with an iron flask. Hopefully when you find one, it will be empty, but it is very difficult to tell what kind of creature is inside the flask if you yourself did not put it there. 
Thankfully, an identify spell can tell you precisely what is in an iron flask that you may possess. Now, if you happen to find an iron flask just floating around willy-nilly in the wild, I would recommend not opening it until you have cast identify, because sometimes you never know what's going to be in an iron flask. It could be something awful, like a very angry genie, or a mind flayer, or a shadow dragon. And yeah, you got that hour window where it's friendly, but then after that, well, it was just trapped in a flask. For a limited time only, we here at Duskwalker Import and Export TM are offering a wide variety of iron flasks in what we are calling our Iron Flask Mystery Bargain Sale. You get an iron flask and you get an iron flask for only 500 gold apiece. So useful! Unfortunately, that does not include our identification fee, which is a separate thing entirely. So, if you want something to keep your genies, mind flayers, and shadow dragons in, come on down to Duskwalker Import and Export TM, where we have a fine selection of iron flasks. Anyway, let's get you back to the action. And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they had journeyed continuously through the drylands for three whole days, eventually coming upon the skeletal remains of some immense giant god? Or at least something that needed to be drained of divine essence by a bolt through the lower stomach. Leastways, at the end of your fifth day of travel, cherish during your watch you noticed a strange creature approaching your campsite, for lack of a better term. Your parked carriage. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, upon introducing yourself to the creature and offering it some food, it introduced itself as the Nilbog. And it is now staring at you expectantly, waiting for you to say your name in kind. Uh, the Nilbog? That's right. That's the whole, the whole thing? Okay. There's only ever the one. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm Cherish, by the way. Hello, um, Cherish, by the way. I'm not doing this with you. Uh, <laughs> so, what do you, like, what do you do? Like, what do you, like, I know that you're keeping an eye on my friend, so to speak, but Oh, my apologies. And he'll, like, stand up, and even standing, he's about as tall as you are sitting. And he'll sweep his jangly cap off and give a bow, and you can see as this bald little goblin pate and his big, long, webbed ears are sticking out and flopping around, and he'll say, The Nilbog, herald and prophet of Magoogliet, at your service! Did you just say my oubliette or magoubliette? Magoubliette. It's a it's a it's a bit of a mouthful. I realize. No, that's totally fine. I just want to make sure that I I heard you correctly. Um, is that at the bulwark? Magoubliette is everywhere. Magoubliette okay. is within all things, and he'll put his cap back on, but especially within me. <laughs> okay. Uh Well, uh we 
I mean, you know, you don't have to keep coming here then because we are going in fact going the place that you think that my friend should go. Right, but uh, as the old man always said, trust but verify. Okay. So if you don't mind, and he'll like turn around and start jangling towards the cart. And uh, it's about this time that, uh, Sid, you are gently shaken awake. Uh, okay. And the mayor Ooh. is nearby and is moving over to Grawl now to gently shake him awake and saying, I think you all might need to be awake for this. What? Uh, 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 we have a do? visitor. I didn't drink all the wine. I left you some. <laughs> that is inherently not true, but uh, leastways... <laughs> and he'll move over to Tears and gently shake her awake Whoa. as well. <sighs> so that is happening. Cherish, you see the Nilbog strolling <laughs> towards the carriage. None of those were words! <laughs> and he'll keep walking. <laughs> Uh, the I assume please. I hear that. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> you say what? Uh, the the Nilbog, please. And thank you. And he keeps walking. Stop. I. I'd rather please. not. <laughs> and he keeps um, walking. Um. I. I stand I'm, outside, like next to the door, ready to ambush. Because I don't know what's happening. <laughs> okay. Uh, you are dressed in your sleeping clothes, I'm assuming? Yep. Cool. <laughs> Still the boxers with hearts? I mean, what else What else is there? <laughs> uh, please don't go in there. Oh, I don't need to go in. Just a quick little peek. And he comes around the corner and he sees you, Sid, and just kind of stops. And I says, have my sword, sword pointed at him, and he like raises his little nubbly goblin hand. And says, "Ah, oh, there's no need for that." Hi, hello. Who are you? Who are you? The Nilbog. Why are you looking in here? Just checking on your hobgoblin friend. That's all. Yeah, what that seems nefarious. I, I'm assuming that I have heard this now, and I just shout from inside the carriage. What do you want with him? Just making sure he's still here. Yeah, he's here. Go away. I'd really like to see him with my own eyes, if that's okay. Girl, do you know this person? No, I don't. Anyways, uh, hey. Hey, I look, at, I look at Tirza, and I put a finger to my, my lips and like do like the quiet motion, and I go invisible. And the Nilbog <laughs> says, oh, his name's Grawl. Very entertaining. Wow, Tirza, Why? I was trying to not say his name. I need to teach her about some stuff. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and Grawl, you go invisible? Yeah. Okay. So the Nilbog standing just in front of you, Sid, will say, if you don't mind, it's just a little peek inside. Sure. But if you touch anything, I will stab the shit out of you. Well, Sounds like a deal. Cool. 
and he'll move forward, and without touching the door into the coach, it will open. Okay. He'll just, like, make uh, a little flicking gesture with his wrist, and the door will open. Uh, Cherish has moved around the the cart and is now witnessing all of this, just kind of like, oh. Big Gus is slowly, groggily waking up on the top of the cart, so the cart's kind of like, moving back and forth a little bit, as the ogre is kind of like, what happening? Tirsa is, like, inside with sword and mace, just like, there's nobody here now. That's just her. And the mayor will have gone over to his coffin and pulled out a long raven black scabbard with a sword uh, that is flanged with like a raven motif on the hilt. He hasn't drawn it yet, but he's just holding it ready to go. Rad. And you recognize the sword from his mantle. Right. Cool. Yeah, very cool. Mm-hmm. So cool. All right. You satisfied? And he kind of like looks around and goes, No, it seems as though you are down one hobgoblin. That's weird. And like, yeah, Sid, you look around and their Grawl is nowhere to be seen inside the carriage. Oh. Did he, did he leave to go to the bathroom or something? Did we... Do we leave him at the giant skeleton? We always leave him behind. It's it's we really gotta keep keep better track of him. He's he likes to wander. Tirza is just like very hard trying not to look at the space that Grohl just <laughs> disappeared from. <laughs> and the Nilbog will look at you and then look at where you're not looking. <laughs> Looks back to you. His insight roll is very good. Mm. I don't know if Grawl's there anymore. <laughs> Grawl, what are you doing? Uh, I mean, I'm just sitting. <laughs> trying to be quiet. Okay. And you'll see a decorative pillow opposite on the from the opposite side of the uh, the coach will lift up and hurl itself at where Grawl is, and so it bounces off your invisible form. God damn it. <laughs> As you say that, the Nilbog will go, ha ha, all right. Right as rain. Yeah, you got me. Good one. Solid. <laughs> Who are you? I am the Nilbog. Oh, we're going to do all this again, okay? <laughs> that, that's great. That's all I needed. I was that's intending great. to make a bit more, more dramatic entrance tomorrow evening, but uh, your tiefling friends spoiled the surprise. Oh no! You know you could still you could still do the dramatic entrance. Really? We're very good at oh yeah, we're very good at acting. Surprised. Oh, excellent! Very well. Well, that's all I needed. And he'll walk away, and the door to the coach will just poof, close. Uh, well, we'll see you tomorrow, I guess. Indeed. Sleep well, stay safe, don't die. The fuck is with this? Oddly part? ominous. And the Nilbog will just like go skipping off into the desolate wasteland. Uh I pull out my pocket watch. Uh pocket watch, what the hell have you heard of the Nilbog? 
and Zenerva's voice uh, and projection will appear because you're not moving. And uh, she will say, no results found for the Nilbog. What about Magoobliet? Uh, ooh, interesting. Magoobliet is an ancient god of goblin kind. Though it has since abandoned the valley like many other gods since the founding. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, hopefully we can get a little more out of him tomorrow. Um, it's nice <laughs> and that we... Grawl, when you hear that, that is news to you. Which thing is news to me? The Magoobliet thing. The, the idea well, that goblins would have a god. We don't. What? The, don't only, the only thing that hobgoblins worship is strength. Basically, themselves. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other goblinoids. Awesome everyone should know it. Worship hobgoblins. <laughs> Goddamn right. Um. Okay. Not a fan of that one putting him down in the book of things I don't like. I'm not writing anything down. We know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> the mayor will say, well, that was incredibly odd. Yeah. You've never, you've never heard of a Nilbog, the Nilbog before, have you? I can't say that I have, though... I'm not precisely well-versed in the ways of, uh, religiosity. Clearly, because that's mm. not even a word. Um, Jerish says under her breath. <laughs> Darling, if it's used in dialogue, it is sim simply considered a, uh, a, a local piece of slang. A colloquialism. If you will. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Y'all are nerds. Okay, well, um, I, it's nice to know that we'll be seeing him again. I don't know, we, we rarely get, well, we rarely get, you know, uh, concrete appointments with people. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Do we want concrete appointments with people? Do we well, just want I, anyone coming and checking on us? Or is it well, like... it definitely wasn't, you know, amazing for him to be sneaking up on us tonight and last night, but at least we know he's oh. coming back for sure. He was here last night? Apparently. Uh oh. Mm -hmm. Not yeah, sure, uh, not sure when he came here. Somebody must have not really been paying attention on their watch. I don't know who it was, though. Yeah, it's so weird. I feel like I rolled over 25 both times, but... <laughs> You did. And uh, then he crit his stealth roll. Uh, and the only reason the mayor noticed anything odd is because he also crit. Uh, okay. I immediately check my stuff and make sure nothing is missing. You do not find anything missing. Okay. I don't know. He seemed very... I'll check my stuff, too. You do not find anything missing. Okay, thank God. God, that would have been super embarrassing if we had shown up to the summit and the old major's like, okay, you need to give me back the deck of many things and be like, oh my god, it's fine, Zenerva. And then people <laughs> right are just here. like, oh, oh 
a piece of paper <laughs> saying thanks. I owe you signed the Nilbog. <laughs> I mean, he didn't seemed he seemed very cheerful and like not dangerous. He didn't try to kill us or steal any of our things. Yet. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do not. I do not trust that. Look, I'm just trying to look on the bright side of the situation. We're prepared now. It's right. Time. So we ambush side. him. We tie him up. We interrogate I, him. I we see why he's really trying to find out I, whether Grawl is with no, us. Sid. <sighs> No, I'm kind of down for this one. I'm, <laughs> I don't like people knowing where I am unless they are fans. If he's a fan, then that's great. You have I fans? I don't doubt that I do. I mean, we're awesome. Mostly me, but, you know. I guess we probably... I mean, I certainly have fans. I, did, I didn't think about you guys having them. But I guess that makes sense. I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I have a lot of fans. Okay. My only point... <laughs> In um, opposition to your plan, Sid. Right. Well, I have several, but the main one is that um, he just walked out of the wasteland and then walked back into it like it was nothing. I don't think that anything we do to him is going to even phase him remotely. Unless. No. I'm just saying, and I pull out the flask. Wait, no, that's my actual drinking flask. This flask. <laughs> we drink away flask. our problems. Yes, good idea. Oh Just saying. Why do we have to solve every problem with violence right off the bat? It's no violence involved. I suggest you say the magic word. And tying him up? I mean, it's more... All right, fine. We don't have to. We don't have to interrogate him. I'm just saying it's an option. I just like to put all of our cards on the table. So that's one well, card. I think that it's a bad card. Okay. And I'm going to call your bluff. <laughs> I raise. I think. <laughs> yep. It is. It is a raise. Yeah. Does anybody else have any cards they'd like to contribute to this? metaphorical game of poker we're playing. The only card I would like to play is the card of can we all just please get some rest. We like are into one. our last day of travel and I would rather everyone be on their A game. Okay, we'll That's talk good. about this tomorrow. Seeing as I will be indisposed for most of the day. Right. When we get to the bulwark, should we wait until you're not indisposed to actually like arrive no it will not be an issue when we arrive at the bulwark i will be uh fortified <laughs> all right just dead silence <laughs> that's all creepy right. all right works for me good night everyone good night Wait, who's who's going to be on watch for the last bit? Tears oh, and uh, Grawl still had their watches to do. Gotcha. Yes. Was my watch oh. just about over? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Right. Or at Same least it time. is by the time you have all this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So the last two watches pass uneventfully, though Grawl, assuming yes. you sleep this evening, 
Yeah. Is there anything you would like to accomplish in the Dreamlands? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm just like Nilbog or uh, Magoobliat. Oh, yeah, that's probably the better. Yeah, one. I feel just like let's just go one tier up. Let's just bypass the. So, yeah. to be yes. clear on the pronunciation of that, it's Ma Glue, like horse glue. Oh. Maglubiet. 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 Well, neat. Yes, I want to uh, use the augury option. Okay. Uh, then what is your augury? What kind of question are you asking? Um, What does Maglubiet... And again, remember with, with augury, it's the responses are pretty limited. Yep. It's good, bad, good and bad, or nothing. Yep. So I'm I I like yeah. Is it a good thing, a bad thing, or is it like a not like who knows? Yeah. Okay. What, um. What what is its will towards me? Yeah, trolling through the dreamlands, asking after Maglubiet is a frustrating effort. The, the creatures of that land, when you talk about, like, a god from wherever you're from, they laugh at you. Like, you don't know gods. You don't, you don't know dime one of gods. And calling whatever it is you just said a god is laughable. Eventually you come across a person in the dreamlands who is talking to you like a reasonable person. The only rub is that within their like deep folded robes, you can see a, a, a humanoid face staring out, but the face isn't moving despite the fact that words are coming out of somewhere in the hood. Goody. And this entity will tell you that uh, the, the conquering god only wants one thing. And if you can help with that one thing, it'll be good. If you get in the way of that one thing, it'll be bad. Okay. And that is what you discover. On the morning of the sixth day of Ember, you all find yourselves well-rested, ready to head on the last stretch towards the Bulwark of Bone. The Stormwall Mountains stretch high above you as you move along their lowest foothills. The dark, crackling lightning is a constant above you. It flashes in a rainbow of colors against the bulging, dark clouds of the outer storm that just barely rise over the lip of the storm wall. 
but that multicolored storm-lit lightning is omnipresent as you move. About midway through the day, you break from the wasteland, and eventually you're rolling through scabrous, dusty, desert terrain again. In the distance, probably 10, 15 miles away on this flat terrain, you can see that you're heading straight towards the base of the storm wall. And there is a massive, massive city built into the foothills and the side of the mountain. And yes. Like, think vaguely Minas Tirith-ish, though with multiple towers as opposed to just one big central one. It's just the size of this construction is very obvious from a distance. And you can tell that in the direction you're moving, you'll eventually cross with a massive road that leads up towards the stronghold. Even at this distance, you can tell that the stronghold itself is only the central part of what is essentially a city out here. There are rings and rings of camps for miles around the main fortification, and you'll most likely hit the fringes of those by the end of today. As you begin moving closer and closer, you can see in the distance, once you get out past the wasteland, that there are outriders out here. And they are marking you as you move. Grawl, are you... Uh, what's what's the plan here? Are I'm you still inside. Bucket hatting it? Yup. Give me that bucket hat. Did you attune to it already? He did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So, uh, I think I want I want Cherish in there to. I don't know. I want to coach him. On... <laughs> I don't know. While we're riding. Oh, I thought we had braked. Oh, have we? You break I, it I around midday and note this fortification and small city in the distance. Gotcha. I say small only because in comparison to the one enormous metropolis, this is still, like, I would say it's probably about the same size as Wickmore's Landing in terms of just density, but there seems to be a higher population here. The outriders you can see in the distance at first you think are folk on horseback, but then it becomes pretty clear that they're centaurs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least oh, once you see a massive hunched four-legged creature rumbling along nearby this like squad of centaurs and then disappear into the ground. It's another one of those sharks. I love those things. Yeah, as you see a, a land shark mounted by a hobgoblin flanked by several centaurs doing a scouting sortie to not really get close, but definitely get close enough to see you. Yeah. Near the end of the day, when you're pushing towards evening, the cart suddenly makes it to the road. Mm -hmm. And it is a road. It is huge, large, and well-maintained wide enough for five, six carts wide. This road is meant to be used and used by a lot of things all at once. 
and it leads east towards where you are fairly certain is the, uh, I mean, if it leads directly east, it'll skirt Rushton, the ruins of a city that was burnt down by Pyrescale, but it will eventually hit the foothills that lead out of the drylands. As you skirt the southern edge of this encampment city, you can see that there is a plethora of representational species here. You definitely see a lot of goblins, hobgoblins, bugbears. You see a few ogres moving around, though they mostly are moving around in chains. They look to be enslaved. Uh, all the work they're doing is just like really massive heavy labor. And they're doing so in chains with the whips of someone nearby. Oh, how's Big Gus doing? Big Gus is not good. Yeah. yeah. But he's stoically, like, just eyes forward. Yeah. The centaurs you see are on the outskirts of the city. They're the ones you definitely see the most of this far out. And they seem to have set up these large, like, yurt-like buildings in little clumped villages on the outskirts of this area. At one point, you're passing a large, dark blotch on the ground, and what you thought was just, like, a weird depression you can see has been turned, like, part of the ground here has been turned into, like, an artificial swamp or mud wallow. And you see lizard folk with their, like, low, domed, slightly subterranean architecture here as well. Where they're getting the water to do this, you have no idea. It's probably magic. Good guess. Grawl, the things you're seeing are unusual. This city has gotten three, four, five times bigger than the last time you were here. Mm-hmm. Before, it was just the fortifications and, like, a scattering of goblinoid tribes that were under the Legion's flag. This is something else entirely. This is bad. What's worse are the few enormous figures you see plodding around the, the base of the bulwark in the distance. It's maybe a mile away, but you can still mark them because of the, the bright light and just the clear day. They are clearly giants being pushed into service. Huge, 20, 30-foot-tall creatures, humanoid in appearance, carrying gigantic loads on their shoulders. As you strike the road, though, you are quickly met with several other caravans vaguely similar to your own. None of them have the the gothic eccentricity of the mayor's carriage. But you are being held at a checkpoint just short of evening, probably two miles out from the main fortification. And it is there that a lot of the other like caravans and carriages are being stopped before they're let into the city encampment proper. You see lots of hobgoblins marching to and fro in military precision. Grawl, you see the banners of at least four legions. Like, four distinct legions. All of them subservient to the Legion of Bone, but... 
there are differing legions here. And when you were here, it was just the Legion of Bone. That was it. There are other Hobgoblin legions around the re around the Tempest Rest, but it was only ever the Legion of Bone when you were here. Not great. Mm -mm. Just before no. sunsets, you all clearly see a large winged creature flying from the east. Yeah. With a long scorpion-like tail and a hobgoblin rider on its back. Whoa. As a hobgoblin on wyvern back swoops past you. Damn. Grawl, this place is crazy. As you're made Gee to wait on this road... The sound is of constant tromping boots, the clatter of armor, the training of warriors. This is a war camp. Occasionally, uh, you will see hobgoblins moving with bannermen, and they all have this... Uh, A very similar banner to the Legion of Bone. It's that, like, steel gauntlet clasping a skull. But as opposed to the white skull of the Legion, it is now a red skull. The same color as the Nilbog's hat. Um, Cherish, every once in a while, is, like, looking back over her shoulder, like, kind of... Like, you know how you can sort of stand uh, when you're riding a horse, mm -hmm. right? Kind of like craning her neck, kind of like trying to look out for the shield guardian, like, oh, he's probably going to catch up <laughs> before this checkpoint. <laughs> I was actually doing the math on how far behind it is during the break. <laughs> how far behind is it? Uh, assuming you weren't trying to kill your horses, which I worked yeah, under that no. assumption, um, it is about a day behind you. Okay. Because it didn't stop to rest. Yeah. So you should definitely let them know. Oh, I intend to. I just didn't, yeah. I wasn't sure how that timing worked out. Like if it was going to start running, like peer over the hill and start tromping towards us, just be like, oh, that's mine. <laughs> No, on the, first, that. on the first couple of days, if you had ever been delayed by more than, like, a few hours, it might have caught up. Okay. Um, so, one, first question is, what does Grawl look like at this point? Yeah. Bucket hat on, clearly. <clears throat> um, Grawl is going to... Um... Uh, he's going to attempt to look like uh, another hobgoblin that he he knows uh, um, that trained him. Uh, he, we just established that he was like what ashy skinned. Who? Oh, the hobgoblin oh, mercenary that trained uh, me. I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, oh yeah, I can't remember his name. Um, yeah, he had. I want to say Grand? That's not a no, no, no. Grand was the last warlord. Um, yeah. I don't know. You're the one who made this guy up. Um, but I know. 
He is, I mean, he has the, the telltale, like, bright red skin of hobgoblins, but he has, um, oh, what's that uh, skin condition? You have, like, white patches. Vitiligo. Uh, yes. Uh, he has that, like, running along his face and down his neck. Yep. So you're making yourself look like the most distinguishable hobgoblin. Cool. Other than I'm yourself, making, right? No. I'm making myself look like something... Like, like they're gonna look at me and go, like, "Oh, okay, yeah, no, like I don't want to look like Joe Schmo, you know." All right. So, okay. among the other caravans that are waylaid here, you make note of several of them. There is one that is clearly some kind of dwarven make iron wrought carriage drawn by these massive goats. Um, I mean. There's all the telltale sigils of Srothheim dwarves on this thing. There is a very fancy-looking carriage that has the emblazoned markers of the uh, high houses of Stormhaven, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. It's like a, a city crest on the side of it. Uh, Sid, you would recognize this as the uh, crest used by the Lord Mayor of Stormhaven. Yep. The other carriages and caravans are less immediately recognizable. There is one that is just a man, like, kind of just, like, kind of slowly swaying, sitting on the back of a donkey. He's kind of got, like, a hand dangling to one side, and he's clearly holding on to a wineskin with, like, a white-knuckled death grip. But he's just, like, constantly almost drooping over and having to catch himself. Almost in the starkest of contrast to that, just to one side, there is a massive elk. More of a moose than anything. It's got these huge, broad antlers. Sitting astride its back with no reins to speak of is one of the most gloriously beautiful elves any of you have ever seen. Wow. Green hair falls down around his shoulders. His eyes are this bright, burning green color. He has this ephemeral beauty to him that is really hard to pin down. And he doesn't look like any elf you've ever seen. Uh, his ears are long, and when you look at him, you can see that they actually have three points to them at their end. Fancy. He is wearing just, like, really, really fine clothing that, upon closer inspection, you can see is actually made of, like, woven plant fiber. Oh, that's so cool. The... Let's see, who else is there? Yeah, I think that would be it. Um, making this first little stop, anyway. Um, yep. So, yeah, you were made to wait. Uh, the, other, the other thing I wanted to ask is, um, Grawl, do you, do you want us to call you something else? Maybe Grawlso? No. That seems no. like a bad idea. You know what, Sid? Normally I'm one for jokes, and that would be funny. That would be hilarious. Mm. Let's not do that today. Okay. 
Douglas. No, because that's too close to Thugless's name. I, I, <laughs> yeah, right. We're not. Right. The Shield Guardian's name is Monty. Monty. Short for the long forgotten Douglas. Hank Montgomery. Okay. <laughs> Weird, but sure. Um. Yeah, let's go with. Let's just go with Al. Just, just we're gonna take the A and the L from Grawl, and we're just gonna use those. Sure. <laughs> just, just we're gonna Ow. go with Al. Al. And you can call me Betty. Um. <laughs> Why would I do that? That makes no sense to me. I don't understand. That's a song by my favorite bard. <laughs> <laughs> As the evening begins to set in, and you are continuing to make the wait, eventually, from the large iron cart you see a dwarven woman getting out and it's distinct because it is a dwarven woman she has very clearly differentiated herself to appear female um and she's wearing these like long braided locks that fall down around her shoulders and you can see they end in these large bladed discs that hang near her waist yeah. And there's a third one that drapes nice. down her back. Uh, and she'll kind of like get out and stump forward towards the, the checkpoint guard of hobgoblins and say, What's the hold up? And the hobgoblins won't say anything. They'll just stare forward at like parade rest. Though they're blocking the road. Is anyone getting through at all? No. Okay. And again, you weren't even the first ones to to arrive. You weren't the last ones. The last one was definitely the seemingly drunken man on the donkey. That checks out. Yeah. Yeah, he rolled in probably just before sunset. But the dwarf will just, like, hands on hips, stare at the hobgoblin, who's just, like, staring straight forward, and this is clearly some kind of guard captain. She'll... Walk right up to him, wave a hand in front of his face. He won't do anything like a guard at the <laughs> uh, British royalty. Um, and she'll just like shake her head and stride back towards the cart and kind of lean in and is clearly talking with somebody and then um, like goes off to one side and then just seemingly busts out a pipe and starts to light it. Uh, the elf remains, like, just stoically silent on the, uh, the moose back. And very occasionally you can see a small slot opening up at the, uh, the, the cart of the, the Lord Mayor and, like, staring out at the road and then it'll close again. I thought you were going to say a slot opening up on the elk, and I was like, <laughs> That's what, what I what thought, the too. Fuck? No. The what kind of the, Trojan The Trojan elk. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of goblins get out all wearing plant armor why are they breaking into their own it's fine <laughs> it's fine they're different cherish uh, is like i think i'm not sure if she says it to anyone in particular but cherish like you know sitting on her horse at some point is like god if they start on about that fucking surrender your weapons for seizure thing i'm gonna flip off the motherfucking handle <laughs> yeah that's not gonna happen Mm -hmm. my forge bound I'm not 
giving up my forge man. Mm-hmm. So you all just uh, sitting sign, here waiting? I guess so. Uh, any sign of, of pyre scale flying above? Any? You'd think you'd notice a giant red dragon. Yeah, uh, yeah, you think. Saw him. I think we saw him on the first day. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I want to make oh, yeah. sure uh, my greatsword is not a great sword. What is it then? Um, can it be the crossbow? It could be a crossbow. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Excellent. Actually, no. Scratch that. It's like a pike. Can it be a pike? It could be whatever you want it to be. I would like it to be some sort of spear-like pike. Okay. Absolutely. Excellent. Now, is it a spear or is it a pike? Let's go. I just want to know if you have reach with this thing or not, basically. Mm. Let's go spear. Okay. As you sit and wait, there is no appreciable change in the environment. Eventually, the camp begins to settle down off in the distance. You see campfires, humongous bonfires in some cases being lit. You see that there are lights from the fortress in the distance. And a servant will hop down off the Lord Mayor's carriage and begin to light lamps on the four corners of it. A strange, weird, red undercarriage light will light up from beneath the dwarven carriage. There's a soft, effervescent green glow coming from the elf lord. And the drunken man is... Looks like he's just fallen asleep, just slumped over his donkey. Mm -hmm. Eventually... Uh... Yes? Oh, I was just going to ask if the mayor is, like, up and about. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to, is the mm-hmm. coffin opens up and the mayor extracts himself pretty much right after sunset. And is staring about, wondering what's going on. He gets appraised of the situation pretty quickly by Gus. And eventually he leans over to Cherish and says, Any sign of our uh, jangly little friend? Not as far as I can see. Okay, then. And he will move over, and you see him striking up a conversation with a dwarf who's still leaning outside the cart, lighting, uh, smoking on her pipe. He seems to, like, bow and make introductions with himself. I don't know if any of you listen in on what's being said. Oh, yeah. Should we be mingling? Yeah, we should probably be mingling. I mean, I'm assuming these are other guests. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Sid, if you listen in on the conversation, you see or you hear that uh, the mayor introduces himself to someone who identifies herself as Ulrus Axehart. Okay. And you know that the old mage told you that Ulrus Axehart is king of the dwarves. Okay. Or at least the King of Srothheim. Hell yeah. King of Srothheim. Okay. Uh, and the mayor's just making pleasant, you know, 
pleasantries, nothing I don't know too crazy. Pleasantries is the right word. They're definitely appraising themselves of the situation. Um, she is eyeballing him something fierce, that's for certain. Hmm. I can't imagine why. Yeah. It might be the vampire thing, Sid. It might be the vampire thing. <laughs> what are the rest of you doing? Um, Drinking. Uh, Cherish could go drink gets... with that drunk boy. Drunk guy. Yeah. Wake him up. Cherish probably gets off her horse at some point. It's it's not comfortable after a while, you know? Mm-hmm. Um kinda kinda like keeping an eye out for the Nilbog. Okay. Anything else? Um, Graal wants to make sure everyone is aware that he, he, like, even the mayor, uh, I'm Al, everyone, get, get your, get your facts right, remember, <laughs> Al. Okay. Al, sure. Uh, Al. Hobgoblin, Al. Mm-hmm. Friend. Our Hobgoblin friend, Al. Al with mm-hmm. a spear. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so you made yourself look like the, like, stout, thick, sturdy... Uh, Hobgoblin who trained you? Mm-hmm. Okay. But with a bucket hat on. You know what? Hang on, hang on. I'm going to go back inside. One second, one second. I'm going to go back inside, and I'm going to get rid... I'm just going to be just, like... Same general, like, build. Just just normal red. Just normal red. Yeah. Sorry, I had call. something on my it's face. It's a good, a good call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if it is or not. Sure, yeah. None of my calls are good. No, yeah, looking I, less distinct is a good call. Mm-hmm. Al. <laughs> Are so, you still Al, or is Al supposed to be in the cart now? Oh, well, Al's in the cart. Now I'm Al with uh, two A's and an L. Oh. oh. No, oh. no, 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 no. It's pronounced Al. Okay. Okay. The first one's silent. <laughs> but it's completely different. Yeah, of course. We know it, and you know it, and that's what matters. Yeah, and if anyone asks, they'll know it, but unless they ask, they won't. That's okay. It's okay. Okay. a conversation starter. Or we could just not talk to these, like anybody here. I don't know. That hobgoblin I mean... who trains you named was Brog, by the way. God damn it, I was right. I just do. I was like, yeah, it's like Bragg or Brog or Bill or Ted or something. <laughs> Most excellent. Yeah. yeah. And you know he was part of a mercenary band called the Dread Riders. Mm-hmm. That's badass. Yeah. It's very cool. Why don't you tell us any of these cool stories, Grawl? <laughs> you don't ask. And I'm not How... the one who's cool in them, so why would I tell you? That's fair. <laughs> a more fair answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's like, no sign that they're going to start checking us through or anything. There's nobody... No. No manager I can talk to. <laughs> there's the guard, there's the guard captain that the king of the dwarves like shouted at, but then nothing happened. Nothing suspicious about this at all. Not a thing. Yeah. We're just being held here in the middle of this military encampment. You're not in the middle of it, to be fair. You're on the outskirts of it. I guess that's fair. Um, eventually the mayor will wander back and say, 
Yeah. King Axeheart over there has been here for most of the day. It seems as though we are to be held outside of this encampment until the day of the summit. Or at least that is her guess. Uh oh. Okay. Okay. It's probably better that we don't go in. We're not in there um, too long. As little time as possible. And in the background, the drunk man will slump off his donkey and just fall into the road and continue to snore. Oh. Hmm. Someone should go check on him. The yeah, I... mayor will glance over and just be like, oh my. Friend of yours? No, most assuredly not. You know who he is, though. Well, if I'm not mistaken, that would be Mr. Dunn. Uh, Darren Dunn, he's, uh... Well, I think he is supposed to be the representative from Fair Ames here, but, uh... I do not believe we are catching him on his best day. Not, uh, <laughs> we all point yeah. towards the very beautiful <laughs> ephemeral Glo- elf. Glowing elf. But yeah, where's that, that one from? from? <laughs> that, my friends, is Oberon Greenvane, Archfey of the Eastwood, and if I were you, I would not interact with him. Just quickly putting the pointing finger down. <laughs> um, I will go over and I will like g- gently try to move Mr. Dunn into like a comfortable looking position. He seems perfectly comfortable s- face down in the dirt. <laughs> well, he slide so he doesn't choke on his own vomit. Yeah. Face down, ass up. <laughs> Uh, when you Terrible. roll him, <laughs> he's just humming that to himself. When you roll <laughs> him over, or at least onto his side, mm-hmm. give me a perception check. Fifteen. Okay, yeah. Close inspection. Uh, you see that he looks to be a half elf. Uh, he's got some slightly canted ears. Uh, he's got a stubbly scruff around like a a consistent uh, five o'clock shadow that just is never going away. Uh, he is wearing clothes that are, were probably nice once, but have long been soiled and stained and are now kind of gross and grubby. And when you roll him over, he's just kind of kind of like not wake up, but he's just mumbling in his sleep. But he's absolutely just ragdolled. Buddy, pat his head, and then and as as you roll him, you see that like his hand is dragging on the ground, still holding the wine skin, just like dragging it towards him like some kind of stuffed animal. Um, folks, oh, this poor dude. Uh, is there any like bags or anything on the the donkey? Yes, there are two large saddlebags that are riding at its rear. Is there like a bedroll of some kind? That's no, tied on it there? appears to be more wineskins. Oh boy! And we just oh, we just see Tirza like rifling <laughs> through this guy's stuff. I'm like, no, I just nice. like <laughs> all right. 
Yeah, that's a dick move. Um, dick move. He might have something good. Who knows? That's uh, wine. I will just. We are almost out of wine, girl. Go grab I mean, like out. one of my blankets and just like tuck it under him. If he appreciates it, you have no idea. Yeah, uh-huh. that's fine. That just looks so. He's on a like a paved road. That looks so uncomfortable. It's packed earth. It's not paved. Like they have no way of yeah. paving out here. There's not it's, asphalt. It's still like <laughs> it's ground. I don't know. The Romans did it, so I just assume the hobgoblins do it. Ooh. Not yet. <laughs> um. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, who's hungry? I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm definitely hungry. I'm always hungry. Yeah, when it becomes clear that you're being forced to wait out here, the mayor will have Gus just, like, basically start setting up camp, uh, and the dwarves will start filing out of this large construction. It's not nearly as elaborate as the weird mechanical coach that the Deep Seams had, but clearly there were a bunch of dwarves stacked into what is... Very obviously a two-level coach. Um, mm-hmm. And when they start, like, clown carring out of this thing, it's very clear <laughs> that there were probably about 20 of them in there. Jeez. Hmm. Wow. Hell of a road trip. It's gotta be sweaty in there. Uh, surprisingly well-cooled, at least one dwarf will tell you. There's a, <laughs> a, si- a system of fans. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, between all the different groups, like a, a fine meal is uh, made. Uh, the mayor will never leave his coach. His coachman will just like stand awkwardly to the side, like staring longingly at the food being made, but not moving away from the Lord Mayor's coach. The... Right, the Lord Mayor. Yeah, so there's the Lord Mayor, and then there's Mayor Zeke. Mm-hmm. Um Mayor Zeke is uh, helping out where he can, though it's mostly Gus doing the cooking. And, uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, Oberon won't move from his giant moosey position, seemingly statuesque. Archfey, am I right? (laughs) Yeah, I, I guess. Weird. And as you are all sitting down to eat, is there anything you wish to discuss amongst yourselves with the mayor. You're now being introduced to the uh, the dwarves. Eventually, the mayor, Zeke, will introduce you more thoroughly to King Ulrus Axehart of Srothheim. And she seems to not make a big to-do out of it. She'll just say, Hello. Well met. Howdy. Hello. What's up? <laughs> and the mayor's just like, um, <coughs> names. I'm, I'm, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, God, we're like just total country bumpkins, embarrassing him. <laughs> uh, I'm Cherish. The name's uh, Sid. Tears a cloak bearer. Ow. <laughs> God, we're so awkward. Why are we like this? It's so good. I love it. I love it so much. So, 
how was your ride here? Your journey? Your trip? Faster than we would have liked. Uh, her eyes won't leave Tirza. And she'll say, You're one of the Jarish here, then? Yes. We have good relations with the people of Dakbari. Yes, I... I love the southern body. Um, I, it's full of good people. Aye. And she'll, like, give your glowing celestial reindeer <laughs> an appraising look. <laughs> your love is apparent. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the dwarves will basically say that their trip was very, very rushed, as they were had to travel some of the farthest. Um, oh yeah. yeah, they're honestly shocked. Like they'll say they're honestly shocked that anyone from Fairhaven here made it in time. Looking over at the unconscious form of Darren Dunn in the road. I mean, yeah. technically he made it, but I mean, <laughs> in what state? Who can say? Aye. Boy can't hold his booze. So that's the representative from Fair Ames here? And the king of Srothheim will just shrug and say, I suppose that's the only people they could spare. I've heard some troubling rumors out of the Eastwood. Oh yeah? Like what? I say stuffing food in my face. I actually feel bad for the mayor. He's just like, oh no, these children. These kids have no tact whatsoever. <laughs> uh, in fact, he will maybe say, not as much, but he will say, perhaps we could be discussing these things when there are less uh, obvious ears about. And he'll kind of glance over towards the hobgoblin guards who still aren't very far away. Fair point. At a certain point uh, during your meal, you will see one of those strangely garbed hobgoblins with the, the red skulled banners approaching the captain. They're wearing a white raiment of some kind that you don't recognize. Grawl, you have no idea what this, what this person is. Like, what nope. station they hold, what their purpose is within the Legion, you're completely unfamiliar. It's new, and I don't like it. But they will talk briefly with the captain and then move away. How far away is that? Maybe like 30 feet away from where all the coaches are stopped. There's no way for me to hear that, right? It'd be tough. Well, I guess I could try a perception check. Yeah, absolutely. Probably not. Uh, that is going to be uh, 13. Yeah, you don't catch anything. There's the wind shifts and you're not able to hear anything they're saying. Okay. Uh, I'd like to communicate telepathically with the lesser. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I say to him, um, don't, if you're invisible, don't go visible, but are you around? Yeah, I'm close. 
Do you think you could scout ahead without drawing attention to yourself? <laughs> Easy. Invisible. They do. And right. Yeah. I I just they have they have magic users, so they they may be able to see through invisibility. So well, I'll keep an eye out for anyone with sparkly fingers. Do. <laughs> but look around a little bit. I'm If you find anything interesting, let me know. Define interesting. All of this is pretty interesting. I agree. Um If you hear anything about the summit that's going to happen tomorrow, um, if you hear anything about um, doing violence towards the people that are coming to it, that's also that's probably a pretty good tidbit. Um, that's probably all for now. Okay, we'll do. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so the lesser goes off and begins snooping. Oh, snoop. Um. Yes. What? Uh. What? What does Sid know about the Lord Mayor of um, Stormhaven? Give me a history roll. Let's find out. My speciality. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We'll see about that. So minus one. Uh, twelve. <laughs> or no, sorry, 11. Rich, pompous, and mostly in the pockets of the higher-ranking guilds. The cool. Lord's Mayor position is, at least in the circles you ran in, a joke. Huh. It's like, the, the Lord Mayor has no power in Stormhaven. It's all about the guilds. It's a figurehead. It's a little bit more than a figurehead. Like, they actually do wield executive power, it's just that this current Lord Mayor doesn't try to. Cool. Horace Mason is his name. Does it look like he has, like, a retinue at all? If he has a retinue, they are mostly inside of his carriage. The only person obvious on the outside of his carriage is a single footman. The carriage is large enough, it could probably house close to a dozen people. It's about the same size as uh, Mayor Zeke's carriage. Seems to be of a similar construction at the very least. Mm. The ride might not have been as smooth. Cool, well... But yeah, I Sid would have a very low opinion of this person. Gotcha. They are a rich, pompous asshole who gets who got more rich off of the sweat and labor of those who are considered his lesser. <laughs> cool. Can't wait to have what? a council meeting with him. I was just about to say, yeah. <laughs> go, you, Hey, you guys are both from Stormhaven. You should go try to talk to him. Sid. Yeah. You think just, uh, just stop in, say hello. No, of course uh, I'm joking. That would probably go down very poorly. Well, <laughs> Did we, can we note, like, did we notice the footman kind of, like, looking at everybody eating? Oh, yes, yeah, 100%. Can... It's very obvious. Yeah. Is I'm... he not eating? He has not left the coach. Okay. Yeah, I was going to bring him some food. Okay, absolutely. Can I go as well? 
I'd like to go as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you walk over and you give him a plate of food. Uh, between... Yeah, I, mean, I you know, I don't want to like come off as being like, like, hey, you're a charity case. Just be like, hey, are you hungry at all? Like, we have some extra food. Yeah. The Royal Srothheim chef and Gus collaborated to make a very kick-ass stew and some yeah. fresh baked bread. Oh, <gasps> nice. Fuck yeah. And you walk over with like a, a chunk of a loaf and like a small bowl of stew and hand it off to this guy. Yeah. Uh, as you're approaching, both you and Sid definitely notice the small like slat in the side of the coach is open and like mm-hmm. beady little eyes will follow you as you approach and then it will close as you get too near. I look at so Sid and I'm creepy. like, what the fuck? He's a fucking dick. I just mouth like <laughs> And yeah, if you hand the food off, he's very appreciative of it. Yeah, it didn't look like you had anything to eat, so there's there's plenty, so No, didn't have much to eat, no. Uh, thank you. Yeah, if you want seconds, just holler. More than yeah. happy to grab some for you. And he'll like glance awkwardly at this little bell that's clearly attached to a string that leads inside the carriage next to his driver's seat, and say, I'm good, thank you. Okay, well, have a good night. Yeah. Uh, And he'll, like, lift the bowl and salute, and, like, thanks again. He's, like, clearly trying not to make a lot of noise as he, like, slowly begins eating the food as quietly as possible. What? What was your name again? Uh, Steve. Steve. Good to meet you, Steve. Uh, And... Yeah. And then I guess we walk off. Yep. Okay. And the rest of the night passes pretty uneventfully. I don't know if any of you want to accomplish anything. I don't know that there's much to accomplish besides talking to more people. And honestly, everyone else kind of intimidates the shit out of me. (laughs) Yeah. The Dwarvish retinue is more than happy to take part in jovial conversation. Uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll chat with them. Maybe swap some stories. I don't know if many of you know much about Srothheim, if anything. Uh, I think Tears would maybe know the most, but even then, I don't think you've actually ever been to the city. It's like all secondhand information from yeah. the Duckbury. Srothheim dwarves are considered strange. Uh, they rarely leave the underground. There is, like, a whole contingent of species that prefer to live underground, and Srothheim dwarves are among those type. It's said that they are descendant from dwarves who, like, primarily lived in the Underdark back in the day. Um, Duragar, they used to be called. But they have since, like, reclaimed the surface, and at least Srothheim. Huh. Uh, I think Cherish would be really interested in the uh, dialect difference, slang differences between the Dwarvish that she knows, which is probably mostly from the Deep Seams, or like, you know, living in a town where with the Deep Seams, mm-hmm. and like, like the, and like other, other dialects of Dwarvish. So she's like, like, critique my pronunciations. <laughs> oh, and Tirza will totally get in on this because she has. 
uh, Doc Bari Dwarvish, which I'm assuming is like similar-ish. The three different kinds of Dwarvish you speak are very different from the ones that the Srothheim Dwarves speak. It's less that like you have bad accents or anything, and more that they're more singularly focused on very precise dictions within their own dialect. Like, everything is very measured and precise. There's no real contractions. There's no real estimation of things. You try to be as exact and precise as possible. Interesting. There's, like, a funny moment of, like, Tirza says something that's like a colloquialism, but not literally translatable, and the Srothheim dwarves are just like, that doesn't that's no stop. That's not, that's not a thing. What, don't what say are that. you even talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you notice that they don't use words like some or a bunch or a few. They're always very precise. That's very cool. Did they know any uh, sort of drinking songs or sort of like I don't know. Ninety-nine bottles of beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What is a what is a Strothheim sort of? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like a drinking song or or something. Oh, if you get them going, they will start into drinking songs. Yeah. Uh, something. I don't know if you would necessarily know this, but uh, I would guess Tirza and Cherish would probably know this. The reason dwarves drink so much is because when they get to a certain level of buzzed, they can begin to access, like, ancestral memories. Hmm. That's so cool. That's cool. And if they maintain, like, a proper level of drunk, they can basically access this ur-dwarf memory. If they get too, like, tipsy and sloshed, they lose it and they just, like get into inebriation. But if you yeah. they if they hit like this proper level of just like rosy cheeked tipsy, they can start to like sort of not get like true memories, but kind of just channel the the Ur dwarf. Mm-hmm. Wow. So the reason dwarven drinking songs are so long is because they can remember verses at the if they're the correct level of drunk from generations of dwarves. Nice. Sounds good. I I feel like we should make as much noise as possible just just in case. And uh King Alris Axhart is absolutely 100% in your court where that's concerned. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. is all about pissing off these hobgoblins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the mayor is a hundred. Mayor Zeke is a hundred percent in Grawl's court. <laughs> Let's not draw attention to ourselves. Perhaps we can uh, tone it down and save the celebrations for uh, after the summit. Might be more appropriate. We're bonding. <laughs> yeah, I don't say that, but I'd rather bond I'm... with. Life sucks, so let's dance. <laughs> yeah, the mayor says that, and and Sid does the thing where he doesn't actually hear what the mayor said, but he laughs and sort of nods and then continues drinking. Okay. Anyone yeah. who wants to join in with the, the Dwarvish drinking songs, give me a performance check. Sweet. That's my performance. It's fine. 
And anyone who can speak Dwarvish on top of that gets advantage on this roll. Oh, okay. Not high, not high, not high. Fuck. (laughs) Real good. What you got? I got a dirty 20. Woo, nice. Yeah, I got a 17. Oh, okay. I got a six. (laughs) So, you know. Sid, you, like, have so much enthusiasm, but none of the lingo. Like, No, I don't know any dwarfish. <laughs> it's like trying to sing along to Ramstein without ever having heard it before. Just like, Or like, if you know... He tries like singing it with like a halfling accent, <laughs> like you know when you don't know a language and you're like, oh, but it's kind of like this other language, maybe. Yeah, halfling and dwarvish have nothing in common. Nope. <laughs> Common's a different language. It's true. <laughs> hey, jokes. Tirza and Cherish, you get the gist of it pretty quickly, and you are singing a song about a. It's actually a very sad song, but it's sung in a very happy fashion. It's a song about how this particular branch of dwarves was enslaved and eventually broke their chains of bondage. And Ooh, each uh, each enslaved them. Uh, it never really says in the song. Oh, Perfect. He keeps alluding to these like horrible masters that they had. And that they eventually broke their chains and uh, were freed, but they never actually name the things that enslaved them. And each verse is like just a happy-go-lucky tale about a an individual dwarf who like kicked their master in the nuts or like peed in their soup or like it's a bunch of very body just like shit we did to get back at them. It's so sad I can't understand it. This is great. Tears is like self self censoring when <laughs> things get too raunchy. She'll just kind of like, <laughs> and that's why you have the seventeen. Whereas Cherish mm-hmm. is going oh, for it. Just just yeah. hog wild. I can't drink, but like I am feeling this enthusiasm. It has been a very rough few days. <laughs> and when you're like after a particularly twisty verse uh, which each verse repeats itself like three times so first one is to let everyone know what's happening second one is for everyone to learn the words and third one is for everyone to sing along in like joyous Mm -hmm. union and after a particularly twisty one that was led by the king that you match like pitch perfectly on the third time around the king will just like slap you on the shoulder and apparently that is some signal to the rest of the dwarves who go ah and welcome you in as one of their own Wait, what do they do? You cut out. Uh, they just like let out a cheer and they all okay. start like slapping you on the back. Nice. Yay! So apparently getting a back slap from the king is like the highest of praise. That slap. Tirza, Tirza will laugh and do it too. <laughs> and inside your mind you hear the voice of Mass go <sighs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> There's more than one way to endear yourself to people. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Other than that, the night passes fairly uneventfully. The Nilbog never makes an appearance. Dang it, man. You're a little on edge, like, waiting for him to show up, and he never does. I wanted to ask him so many questions. I don't want to talk to him at all. Crazy how that works. <laughs> Eventually... At a certain point in the night when things are dying down and, like, the dwarves are who are taking watch or taking some drinks. I don't know if you all are taking watch as well. Yeah. Yeah, we probably should. Yeah. Okay. Same order as always? Yeah. Yeah. I am broke. So Sid is first. Excellent. As, like, things are settling down, you maybe have a mug of something handed to you by a, a friendly dwarf. They are settling down as well. The king has gone off to whatever bedchamber is within their immense cart. They're like, double-decker <laughs> city bus of a cart that they're driving. Fucking cool. <laughs> but you have a, a mug of some kind of, like, hot uh, mold... Something. Mm. You don't know what it is, but it's it's warm, it's tasty, and it's alcoholic. <laughs> ah, just what the body needed. <laughs> but as you are settling down for your first watch, and there are a couple of dwarves that you're just, like, talking with, and, like, this is one of the most enjoyable watches you've had, because there's just, like, this sense of camaraderie around here, even though you're staring down the barrel of a legion of hobgoblins. It's best not to think too hard about that. When wandering up to your little, like, impromptu campsite, I should say stumbling up, is mm -hmm. the form of Darren Dunn. Oh. Ringing the last of this wineskin into his mouth. He'll swallow it and, like, blinking wearily, will glance around and just, like, move over to this large water bucket that the dwarves have set up and that people were, like, ladling out of and just full head straight in the bucket and there are these glub 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 bubbles as he's clearly drinking okay he doesn't appear to be drowning yet so I'll just watch and see what happens and that happens for like three big bubbles and then pulls his head out and his dusty blonde hair will just kind of like flop backwards really unappealingly Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like mm -hmm. still running over his face a little bit as he's like clearly looking around. He just like wipes some of the dirt off of his face and it's really just smearing mud into his face now. He's gross. So, uh, Darren, huh? And he'll like snort and turn and look at you. And like swallowing, he's just like blinking in the, the star and the dark red firelight that's around. And he like blinks over and over again. And he'll say, Sidian, how did the fuck did you get out? And I think uh... it is there that we are going to end this session. <laughs> yes! <laughs> because oh, as fuck. always... You can find us on Twitter at MatcomRPG. It's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. We also have an email address, which is materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners. Uh, it's awesome. Oh, this is true. 
Um, you can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. Um, I think I'm missing something because I'm actually lost with this whole Darren Dunn thing. So. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I obviously wasn't paying attention hard enough, <laughs> but that is neither here nor there. I don't know uh-huh. what there's to be lost about. Makes sense I, to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I am on Twitter at CryoutOlivia. Um... Send me some Dwarvish drinking song lyrics. <laughs> yes. Come hang out. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Readimus. Um, tweet at me. Better names that I could have come up with. <laughs> Better than Al. So good. Please, please do this, you guys. We might need more. He needs help. Uh, yeah. I need to constantly reinvent myself. Uh-huh. Um, and then so does Grawl, too. So I, yeah. whether I use it or Grawl uses it, it doesn't matter. It, the name's going to get used. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. <laughs> um, and I'm not on any social media, but what you can do is rate our podcast on whatever platform you are consuming it, whether that's uh, Spotify or, or Apple Store, Please, please, please find our find our show and rate it. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, hear what you guys think. Uh, yeah, do it. And we may even we'll find you. Say thank you on air. I mean, Wizard we, Kevin One is still the last person he, that we've talked about. So he might be our number one fan. That's what the one stands for. Um, Kevin. Wizard oh God, Kevin, Wizard. we love you. We love you so <laughs> we much. We do love you, Wizard Kevin. He's the yeah. only wizard in the party. That's true. Yeah. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at MKGurgoni, where you can shout at me at all sorts of things. If somebody else gets what's up with Darren Dunn already, I would be shocked. So, like, don't <laughs> feel lost. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's nothing to get here yet. This is a mysterious new character. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, boy. And you can also follow our good, good friend Omatep over at NPC underscore AN, because especially when he is slightly surprised that you didn't try to summon his shop in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. I kind of forgot that we were going to do that. I mean, we could still technically summon his shop in the middle of a hobgoblin encampment. Something tells me that won't work, but hey, (laughs) worth a shot. But anyway, even when any of that is not happening, he is, of course, an important NPC. And I'd just like to thank any of our listeners who is who are indeed tuning in to uh, the other show that I and, of course, Elliot are on, uh, Dreadwood Fairy Tales, mm-hmm. broadcasting every Saturday at noon EST over on the Greyhawk channel. We're having such a good time over there with all sorts of random hag nonsense. nonsense because you know it is only a matter of time until dread matilda twigmouth comes along and just ruins your day she better get ready <laughs> get get ready to get wrecked you know she is <laughs> that scary witch stacy <laughs> writing that one down for later and yeah. <laughs> You can use that one for free, Mike. Thanks. <laughs> so, in the meantime, everybody, remember that the world is chaos, so please be kind to one another. Thank you so much for listening. 
Goodbye. 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 Bye. See ya.